And now, introducing the man who was crestfallen to see that the Betty place last night resulted in the single biggest loss of his gambling career, saying, quote, I was positive that under 16 and a half was the right call on the number of Orioles grounds crew members ejected in last night's game, and now my family's homeless, unquote. Following the surprise announcement that he was named most influential personality on Instagram this week, he was honored and humbled, only to discover that he had misread it and they had not chosen him, but rather an account where people find faces in ordinary, everyday objects. He is Glenn Clark. Good morning. It is Glenn Clark Radio. That means I must be Glenn Clark, and he's probably Kyle Ottenheimer, if I had to guess. I don't know everything, but I feel like I know that much. We got a lot to do on the program today. And no Pressbox Fantasy Football show. You might be saying to yourself, well, that's weird. I wanted to get my fantasy football questions in. Well, you should probably listen on other days that aren't Thursdays. It's just a suggestion that I'm going to make. I'm not going to tell you how to do your life. You're an adult. Make your own decisions. Do what you want to do. Don't let anybody tell you what it is that you must do. I'm just offering mere guidance as if I were I'll eat dessert before dinner if I want. If that's what you'd like to do, don't let anybody tell you that you can't. I'm going to make a suggestion. Mm. As long as you eat your dinner and you get all of your daily nutrients, you no, do whatever you want to do, man. Not, oh, nut, as yeah. long as you get the nutrients yeah. and the nutrients. I think actually they're both important. Yeah, okay. The point that I'm trying to make is that you should listen to the show on other days because if you did that, you would know we did the Press Box Fantasy Football Show yesterday. And with that in mind, I hope everyone is having a very restful fast and uh, reflecting and doing all the things that you do. I don't think you're supposed to say... It's like uh, you're not supposed to say Happy Memorial Day, of course. I don't think you're supposed to say Happy yeah. Yom Kippur. I think you're just supposed to say Restful Fast yes. is what you're supposed to you're say. Right. So I've done that now. And uh, I, Do I get a medal or nope. what the... Nope. No? Nope. Nope. We got a new system at my house where the boys get checks for various things. Like, what, did they eat How all much are they for? Uh, no, they don't get uh, monetary checks. They get like uh, actual check marks on a board. Every day, we got every day listed, and there's categories. There's like, uh, did you eat your food? Did you share? Were you nice to each so other? So they somehow ascribe the value to these checks? Uh, yeah, they understand if they get four, if they go four for four, a reward system. that means they get some iPad time tomorrow. That uh, means they get to play some games, watch. Scary, uh, the iPads for children, aren't they? They are. They're quite <laughs> scary. Yeah. Quite scary. They were very necessary for when we drove to Georgia. Needed yeah, no, a little iPad in order to get us through that whole well, deal. Every parent always on Twitter is like, yeah, you wait until you have kids. Yeah. yeah good luck trying yeah. to have them not use an iPad. A hundred percent. So they know they get their iPad time if they go four for four on the check marks each day. So that's, that's become a thing that's in our life. Of, like it used to be candy. Uh, well, yeah, we don't. Uh, we so candy is the incentive for eating. Di- you know what? I think we double up on that now that I think about it. I got to deal with that with my wife because I'm pretty sure eating is on the list too for the end of the night. But if they eat their dinner, we let them have dessert afterwards. So they're rigging. They're rigging the I'm system. I'm pretty sure they're <laughs> double dipping here. We got to come up with another thing for check marks like. Did you fetch dad's newspaper and pipe or something like right. that? Did you prepare the show tomorrow? Yeah, right? We got to look into that. What the hell is going on around here? This is a this is bullass, whatever happening, whatever's happening here. Anyway, I don't know what we were talking about, but, uh, you know, God bless you. If you missed out on the, uh, the Pressbox Fantasy Football Show, you can f- go find it right now at PressBoxOnline.com. We do it every Thursday, except for this week. Correct. Moving forward, it'll be every Thursday until Thanksgiving. Correct. 
Uh, every Thursday, 1130 a.m., brought to you by CCBC Glory Days Grill in the Maryland Department of Transportation. Appreciate uh, you guys checking in yesterday, and if you didn't, uh, you know, I hate you. You're my mortal enemy, and I don't think it'll ever be the same between us, if I have to be honest with you. Now, the good news for you is that we're still going to do a lot of content on today's program. Loaded show. Coming up in just a few minutes, we'll preview Ravens Chiefs with Dan and Hughes, the radio color analyst down in Kansas City. Later on this hour, we'll catch up with Terry Hasseltine, Maryland Sports Executive Director. The delegation from FIFA is going to be in town this weekend. They're coming to the Ravens Chiefs game on Sunday night to uh, get a goal, the old look-see at what we have to offer as a potential World Cup host. Now, I think we have much to offer as a potential World Cup host. In fact, Kyle is willing to drive around and show him where all the cheapest 30 packs of beer can be found. I'll try. In the city of Baltimore. Doing research. That's something that they are in need you of know, knowing. Let me know, by the way. Yeah, Kyle's really very nervous about that. He's apparently, he fears it's that he's been... nervous. It's just I'm uh, frugal He's quite digital. apprehensive. Like to have... There has been a lot of, frankly, he was over in the corner shivering earlier. He was like, I don't... Well, that was withdrawals. Well, okay, that's unrelated. Yeah. What, are, what were you addicted to exactly? <sighs> we don't want to get into oh, this. Oh, boy, I yeah. got questions. So we're going to find out what we can do to help. Like, can we prepare a nice strudel? Like, would that be beneficial for this? Because i got to be honest with you, that's not my area of expertise. Now, I can ask around. If one of you can prepare a nice strudel, then perhaps that could be beneficial to our chances of getting the World Cup. But Terry Hasseltine will explain that to us a little bit later on. Also coming up this morning, we will make our picks for the week. I think Andrew Stecka got the Raiders. And so now he's tied with me at the top of the table. Nobody's 500, though. Great yeah. start to the season. We're so, all sub-500. I got a good feeling about this week. Yeah. No. Yeah, I wouldn't if I were you. I don't have a good feeling about this week either. I got a decent feeling about the college football picks. Mm, I guess. I don't even know if I feel that, though. Uh, also coming up, we will chat with um, uh, Greg Rosenthal, my buddy from NFL Network, and also, of course, from the uber-popular Courts of Thunder podcast, I promise we'll talk football, but you know we're going to sneak in some tennis as well. And uh, missed him yesterday, but Eric Green is going to join us today, former Ravens tight end. His son is Elijah Green, the player who is expected to be the number one pick in next year's MLB draft. Kudos to the umpiring crew last night for making sure that the rains came and so the bizarre. Orioles blew to uh, a lead in the ninth inning. Your boy Tyler Wells, the superstar closer of the future. Still could be. I have no idea. I mean, th- th- whatever. I'm not even going to have this conversation right now. But that was a bizarre scene. There's no doubt. Bizarro scene in the ninth inning last night. Hell of a catch by Cedric Mullins. Yeah, that was a hell of a catch. No doubt. By the way, best way to, to lose a baseball game. A tremendous way to lose a baseball game. John Means looks good. Cedric Mullins looks good. Austin Hayes looks good. The Orioles lose anyway. High fives all around. You Means you done well. Get one off of a righty. He's got some pretty significant splits there against lefties and righties. But okay. hopefully he can even those out a bit and become more of a full-time player. You mean Austin Hayes? Yeah. You said means. Oh, no, I meant No, you did. I mean, I'm just saying. Well, I meant Hayes. I I believe you. I believe you. I think I said Hayes. No, you didn't. Did John Means hit a home run, too? No. He doesn't hit. He's in the American League. Are you sure? Are you sure, though? I think I said Hayes. You didn't. It's okay. We won't check. Uh, No, we'll never check. (laughs) If we ever checked anything on this show, we're not going to start today. All right, today's show brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797 or C3American.com. I am to understand that three of the four roster spots have been filled for the Baltimore Ravens now, 
as today they promoted Devontae Freeman to the mm-hmm. active roster, so that covers the... Bummer about Westry. Hopefully he's not out too long. Um, I, At this point, we don't... He's not been placed on IR. Right. So... It seems a gesture, but it seemed to suggest that, like, he could be out for a couple of weeks, but it was sort of vaguely and without actual announcement from the team. He just wasn't at practice yesterday. I mean... I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. Yep, I don't know either. Mar- uh, Hollywood Brown didn't practice it either, but... It seems more like doesn't a seem to maintenance right. sort of thing. Um, the Ravens did add Anthony Levine back to the active roster, so that He's was teams that was always likely to come. And that's sort of I had forgotten about that. We were talking about Trenton Cannon yesterday. That handles a special team spot on the roster, and uh, Justin Ellis was. By the way, that's, what a goofy bit that is. That Trenton Cannon's salary is guaranteed now by the Ravens for the season. Played one week. And Anthony Levine could be on so the team. So he double dipped. Does he get a salary from both the Ravens and the Niners? I don't think it. I think it's just a like a guarantee. Like if whatever money he was to make, mm-hmm. the Ravens would have to cover the difference. I think that's the way that it works. But I, I got to be honest with you. Maybe no, no, no. They don't have to pay him, but it counts against the cap. That's the way that it works. Okay. It counts against the cap. They don't have to physically. You don't have to pay the cash. It just counts against your cap. Okay. Is the way that it goes. It's a weird bit. It's a really weird bit. The way that it all. He had a decent out. run the other night. Sure, he did, and yeah, and now right. and now he's gone forever, yeah. and now he's no longer a part of the equation. Be the leading running back in San Francisco next week, perhaps could be. And all of those uh, leagues where you're scrambling to get Eli Mitchell, you're going to feel really stupid. Uh, Justin Ellis also added back the 53-man roster. Andre Smith was added to the practice squad. Forgot I would, about him, but I don't necessarily think he's the answer. Right I don't here. think he's the answer. But he might be but better, right? Yeah, I mean, like anything is better than what you saw on Monday night. So if they feel as though he can do much of anything then perhaps he'll be the guy um, moving forward at right tackle, but they would presumably – they either would have to call him up or they'd have to put him on the 53-man roster. Since we thought that a spot on the 53-man roster would be taken by an offensive lineman with Tyree Phillips going down, it would make sense if it ends up being Andre Smith taking the final Although spot. Although Tyree Phillips is only on short-term hour, which is a positive development, I suppose. Yes, it's a positive development, but – you would still think they'd want to put an offensive lineman on the active roster going into Sunday night against the Chiefs. So we'll see. But that's the only spot that is still left. Le'Veon Bell did not get moved to the active roster, at least not as of right now. Again, that's still not all that surprising. They still haven't even used a practice squad call-up on Le'Veon Bell yet. So they would still have the ability to, to, to go about doing that if they so choose. And then if they like the way that uh, he looks, then they would put him on the active roster from there. It's not stunning that Devontae Freeman was the first of them that got placed on the active roster simply because he had you know a preseason, he had a training camp, he probably was a little bit more ready. And we had heard that he was not signed initially because right. he didn't want to they, be on the practice squad. They, they liked him in the workout. They wanted him to begin with, so that's not all that surprising that they put Devontae Freeman on the active roster. What does it mean for what the backfield looks like on Sunday night? Who the F knows? Genuinely, who knows? And they're not going to tell us, and we're all going to learn together, and that's why I just probably wouldn't be playing Ravens running backs in fantasy if I were you. All right, let's talk more about Sunday night. Ravens Chiefs joining us now to help us preview. He is the color analyst down in Kansas City. Uh, of course, uh, baseball guy too, Big Ten Network. Always a pleasure to welcome Dan and Hughes back to the program. Dan, and it's Glenn and Kyle in Baltimore. It's good to chat with you. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. No problem, fellas. Good morning. Hope everything's well out there in Baltimore, at least as well as it can yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
we we could have gone without uh, losing to the Oakland Raiders in week one of the – I guess they're in Vegas now, but you get what you get my point. We could have gone without yeah. that to start this season with a date with the Chiefs looming in week two. Just not exactly the way that the NFL season was supposed to begin here in Baltimore, Dan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, let's face it, nobody really expects to lose to the Raiders. Yeah. Um, that happened to us last year. They were the one besides the – the, the Chargers in a, in a meaningless Week 17 that got us with a, a loss earlier at Arrowhead. So, uh, and they they celebrated by doing a victory lap around Arrowhead. I don't know if you heard that story last year, but they actually did the buses, did a victory lap around the stadium because they had won. And then subsequently their season went downhill from there. So they deserved it. So, ah, yeah, yeah, it was take that. Take that, Raiders. Take uh, it doesn't make me feel any better about Monday night, though. All right, uh, uh, Dan, and let's talk about it. The Chiefs uh, did what they uh, normally do, which is um, they won uh, in week one against the Cleveland Browns. And it wasn't maybe the way that everybody expected it to be. Obviously, the Browns got off to a great start. Did did we learn anything that that was like concerning about the Chiefs in week one? Or was it more, no, this is who the Chiefs are. They're going to give up some points from time to time, but – Ultimately, they've got Patrick Mahomes, they've got Tyreek Hill, and, and you don't, and so they're more likely to be able to win the football game. You know what? I think we've become really spoiled out here in Kansas City pretty quickly over the last over the success uh, with Patrick Mahomes at the helm over the last three years, and even prior to that, his rookie year when Alex Smith was doing really well. Uh, we've, we've had high expectations, super high expectations. So when you talk about a concern, uh, I think there's always a concern when when you have that kind of thought of perfection and what the goal is is getting to a third straight Super Bowl. Um, the one concern that would jump out is how efficient the Browns were offensively against the Chiefs in the first half, specifically. Now, the encouraging factor is, is that although they had, what, 318 yards of offense in the first half and over 100 yards rushing, they only had 139 total yards in the second half. Mm. So I guess there's a balance of concern with encouragement uh, in regards to how they were able to make adjustments. We also have to factor in that three defensive starters were out of that game. Two of them are Pro Bowl guys and Frank Clark and Tyron Matthews. So I don't think we got a chance to really see what this defense is really about, the identity of this defense when you have two of those big-time players and Willie Gay Jr., who will be out for another two games, uh, resting his foot. So uh, I think the jury's still out, but anytime somebody comes in Arrowhead and puts up the offensive production that they did in the first half, uh, there's always going to be a little bit concerned. With that in mind, I saw Frank Clark was a full participant in practice yesterday. Of course, uh, Chris Jones is still there. Not sure if you watched on Monday night, uh, Dan, but the Ravens are doing a weird bit where they're not choosing to block anyone this season. It's, um, I, I don't know. I probably wouldn't do it myself if I were them, but I'm no football expert. I'm, I'm not as successful as, as they are and you are, but that was their choice. They let Alejandro Villanueva be their right tackle this season. He doesn't appear to be any good. Um, how concerned should we be in Baltimore about an offensive line that couldn't block anyone uh, facing a team that's likely to have Frank Clark back and uh, Chris Jones on the field on Sunday night. 
I think you guys should be really concerned. Good. And, and part, part of the reason, <laughs> and, uh, but I think you guys have so much talent that you may be able to overcome some of that. And, again, week one with a pre, shortened preseason and, you know, there's going to be some growing pains. There's some really good teams that faltered in week one that I think are going to make some noise still later in the season, Baltimore being one, Buffalo Bills being another that's come to mind, and actually Cleveland Browns will be a team also. So I don't think it's time to jump off the ship if you are a Baltimore uh, Ravens fan, but at some point they're going to have to bolster that offensive line and be a little bit more stout and just take it personal. And I think when you look at the film, the film don't lie. And that's what we always learned as a player. No matter what excuses you had, no matter what you thought when you saw it on the field and when you went to the sideline and what excuse you made to your offensive line coach or the offense coordinator, the film don't lie. And that, that's when things become real as a player is when you're exposed on film and now they have an opportunity to kind of set themselves back up and, and take it personally as they uh, face one of the best, if not the best teams in the NFL with the Chiefs coming in. Dannon Hughes, color analyst for the Chiefs. He's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Um, Dannon, the uh, Chiefs offensive line obviously went underwent uh, quite the transformation this offseason, namely Orlando Brown Jr. coming over from Baltimore. It seemed like it wasn't maybe the greatest start for Orlando uh, in Kansas City as he went up against Miles Garrett. Of course, it's Miles Garrett. I, I've heard good things uh, about him, so I can understand that there might be a lot of guys that struggle. What did you see in watching Orlando Brown and – you know, are, are you concerned at all? The Ravens, unfortunately, also not very good at, at generating a, a rush from their, their front four. But other than that, everything's great here, if you're wondering, Dan. Everything, everything's going well. Yeah, I think there was something to be concerned about because what was the, the you know, Achilles heel of the Chiefs specifically last year in the Raiders' loss early in the season and the Chargers' pretty close game in Week 2 last year and then also in the Super Bowl against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers was the defensive line, opposing defensive line against our offensive tackles, specifically lining up wide in a wide nine technique and then just running and utilizing their speed to get upfield and to collapse the pocket from outside in against our tackles. Now, we, we were hoping and we still believe that we got that rectified by basically the entire O-line being overhauled. I mean, what team, there hasn't been a team, I don't, I'm not even going to ask you that question, there hasn't been a team in the Super Bowl era that has changed all five offensive line positions after coming off of two straight Super Bowls. Uh, but the Chiefs recognized that there was a weakness there, and they addressed it. Uh, but we did see with Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney some of that same technique being used Specifically, in the fourth quarter, third down, Patrick Mahomes drops back, does not even have time to throw the ball down the field on a crucial down that could have sealed the game without having to have that interception by Mike Hughes, that they basically used that technique. Lined up two guys out wide and said, We're, our speed is going to get to the quarterback yeah. from outside in before you, your quarterback will get the ball off. So. To me, Orlando Brown is definitely a guy that is going to make some noise. He's taken it on his shoulders. He's spoken everything outwardly that said he came here to protect Patrick Mahomes. Now he has to show and prove. 
Dan, the Ravens still have not uh, added Le'Veon Bell to the active roster. We don't know if he'll be a practice squad call-up this week. Um, they they kind of went away from their their back their who started the game as their lead back Tyson Williams on Monday night and there is this sort of great unknown about what they're going to do in the backfield moving forward. We've been speculating that at at least maybe on third down in passing situations that Le'Veon Bell's strength as a blocker as someone who understands assignments can pick it up and you know maybe still has something to offer in space should you be able to get the ball to him on a pass that. that that might at least make sense for him as a role moving forward. You saw him a little bit last year. Do you think he could still do that? Do you think he has anything still to offer at this point as an NFL running back? You know what? I think there's still some gas left in the tank of Le'Veon Bell. But one thing I recognize about his style, and I think it really comes down to his style, is it's, it's an acquired taste for an offensive line to be able to block for a talent like Le'Veon Bell. And what I mean by that is, when you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers, they, even uh, Villanueva that was there with the Steelers and did a great job, they became accustomed to blocking for the specific, very unique style of running for Le'Veon Bell. And then he was able to flourish with those guys knowing exactly how to block for his patience, stop and restart. Uh, very unique style when you consider a lot of running backs are always taught to run downhill. Right full speed. Um, and then since then, not only has he not been successful, but the Steelers' running game has not been successful. So it kind of makes me believe that some of the shortcomings of Le'Veon Bell is more so because people just don't have the time to, to learn how to block for him. He hasn't been part of training camps and, and preseasons and being a featured back behind offensive linemen that know, okay, Number 26 is going to be in the backfield, and everybody, this is how we're going to have to block for him. And I don't know if that's going to bode well for the length of his career going forward, but I do believe he still has the ability to make some plays when given the opportunity. Part of part of his patented style, of course, when you talk about the patience, he also had excellent burst, right? When he found, he found the hole, he would explode through it. Did you, did you see the same, I mean, maybe not the same, but was there enough explosiveness that you saw last year to think that that style that you mentioned is still viable? Uh, there were glimpses. I would say that. There were glimpses of time where Clyde Edwards-Alaire went down with an injury and Le'Veon Bell showed that he can be a formidable running back. Now, a featured running back, I don't know if he still has that left in his tank, but nowadays in the NFL, very rarely do you have a team that has a bell cow like Derrick Henry, uh, or, or even Nick Chubb is really good, but they have uh, Kareem Hunt behind them. So it's always, to me, the league has transformed into a one-two running back attack. So I think he can be a, a viable number two guy that can offset a thumper if you have at the, at the running back position at that number one. Dan, if the Ravens are going to have a chance on Sunday night, and they're 0 for 3 going up against Pat Mahomes, and, and oddly the it was the first one where they really did have a chance. The other two, the scores just looked a little bit closer after they got uh, their butts kicked to start things out. If the Ravens are going to have a chance on Sunday night, what has to happen? Uh, to me, and I, I did a show last night where I did the keys to victory for the Chiefs, and one of the one I would flip it around. In order for you guys to have some success, it would have to be somebody else being the playmaker. 
and specifically, I think that's going to have to be in the passing game. It's kind of like the Jordan rules. One aspect of the Michael Jordan rules back when he was playing is that he's going to get 30. Just don't let Scotty and Bill Cartwright and B.J. Armstrong and Tony Kukoc, those guys, any any one of those guys get 30 also. And, and you have a chance. To me, that's Lamar Jackson is such a talent that he's going to get his. He's going to have you know, 70-plus yards rushing, maybe a little bit more. And you just got to make sure that he doesn't throw for 350 yards and, you know, Hollywood Brown or someone else step up, or Sammy Watkins steps up and has uh, a career day of 150 yards and two or three touchdowns because that's, that's the recipe for success for you guys. So I guess I answered the question in both ways. What yeah. the Chiefs need to do to stop you guys, yep. but also what you guys need to do probably win and just because you brought him up we you know Sammy Watkins looked really good on Monday night and I was down on Sammy Watkins as a signing in part because he just you know he's been he's been hurt so much and also in part because even when he's played he hasn't been all that productive um should how excited should we be about a solid performance from Sammy Watkins would you say hey I think that there might be something there or would you say to us hey uh maybe don't get your hopes up too much just because he had one good game uh, to open the season. He's had some sporadic good games here and there in his time in Kansas City. Yeah, so I was always a guy, and I still believe it, when healthy, and I guess we have to qualify with when healthy, Sammy Watkins was the best wide receiver on the Chiefs. Now, he wasn't the best playmaker, because Tyreek Hill is the best playmaker. Might be the best playmaker in the NFL, uh, non-quarterback. But As far as wide receiver, route running, yards after catch, yards after contact, um, creating separation as a true wide receiver, Sammy Watkins is that guy. He can be that guy. It's just about his durability and availability that has been the key. So as long as he stays healthy, I think Baltimore Ravens fans can be uh, encouraged by having a, a number one wide receiver. And I think if he stays out of the training room and stays off the shelf, he can be a true number one wide receiver. It's a bold statement, Dan and Hughes. All right, uh, what can we plug for you, sir? Twitter, Instagram, anything like that. Where can people be giving you a follow? I am on Twitter at DAHughesGuy83. So, Dana, like Dana, DAHughesGuy83 right. on Twitter. Uh, you know, I'm very active on Instagram as well. Same, Dana and Hughes. So, I just try to. Try to try to stay connected. Try to tap into my millennial side, since I'm you know I'm still a youngster at heart. I I, <laughs> I owe you an apology. I've been saying Danon, and I knew I knew better, Danon. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please forgive us. Uh, you'll it's pr- all right. You <sighs> tapped into you tapped into some of the bullying I had when I was younger. Uh, when you I'm, I'm, I'm a you jerk. Call me yogurt. There I'm, you go. I oh. am so very sorry, Dana Hughes. <laughs> I am so <laughs> sorry as a broadcaster. Those are mistakes I don't want to make. Dana Hughes, so, uh, please accept my wholehearted apology, but also my appreciation for taking a few minutes for us this morning. Thank you for doing this, and uh, hopefully you'll be willing to visit with us again in the future, despite my faux pas. <laughs> no problem, man. Anytime. Dan Hughes, Chiefs color analyst, really appreciate him joining us this morning here on GCR. He is far more bullish about Sammy Watkins than any of the results would ever suggest that he should be. But, you know, I mean, I, as I said all along, may somehow this be the place where Sammy Watkins becomes the player that he hasn't been since he was in Buffalo. May somehow, some way, a reunion with Greg Roman turn him into the guy that he just hasn't been. Um 
for one game, obviously, the results were great. Far better than than I could have ever expected for Sammy Watkins. Is that sustainable? Well, probably not nearly 100 yards a game. I think that would be absurd. You love the team in targets. I, you know, I, I don't know if that's even what the Ravens necessarily want. Um, I mean, or what's best for them. Whoever's open, right? hopefully it's the yes, target. Right? I'm, I'm on board with that. I'm on board with that. I'm all for Sammy Watkins being the guy that he hasn't been. I am so in favor of that being the case. But calling him a number one wide receiver, I, wow, okay. Um, been a long time since we've seen that from Sammy Watkins. Very long time since he's had that type of production. I am very happy to tell you that we can say officially that we will be making up uh, the date with uh, Tyus Bowser this Tuesday night on September 21st. We will be at Mother's Peninsula Grill in Arnold. We're going to be spending back-to-back Tuesdays with Tyus Bowser. Mother's Peninsula Grill in Arnold. This is a place that people don't come to do their shows. We're going there. Tyus Bowser is going there with us and a special guest to be announced. And you can meet him. There's no catch. I mean, we're going to do things safely. Like, we're not going to – you're not going to be able to, to kiss him on the mouth. Like, we're not going to be able to, to have that. I mean, I well, – I won't be there. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry to have to let you down in that way. But we're, we're – you can meet Tyus Bowser this Tuesday night down in Arnold at Mother's Peninsula Grill. And you can find out more information by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. Pictures, autographs, yes. Yes, we're doing those things. This is real, real. This is completely legit. We will be there on Tuesday night. The show will be live on Facebook at press, uh, facebook.com slash pressboxsports. We'll also be airing it, at least portions of it, on Wednesday morning next week. And we want you to be there to join us for the Tyus Bowser Show, all brought to you by Express Exterior Design, Great Eights Memorabilia, and Pressbox. Again, details available, pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. But we are super excited as we will be there on Tuesday night, Mother's Peninsula Grill in Arnold. And the following Tuesday night, we'll be at City Line Bar and Grill. So back-to-back weeks with Tyus Bowser for the Tyus Bowser Show. When we come back in, we're going to be chatting with Terry Hasseltine. we got to get the picks. we just got a lot to do on a Thursday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. I've driven my tractor trailer millions of miles and I've seen it all. The next time you change lanes when driving, remember because of the sheer weight and size of my truck, I'm not able to stop quickly if you cut me off and brake suddenly. One wrong decision could change our lives forever. Trucks need room to stop. Don't cut it close. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation State Highway Administration. I love you more than selfie poses. I love you more than spraying hoses. I love you more than bird calls. But not as much as football. Celebrate your love of football with Raven Scratch-Offs from the Maryland Lottery. Win up to $100,000 instantly or second chance cash and Ravens prizes. I love you more than snowballs. But not as much as football. 
play Raven Scratch-Offs at any Maryland Lottery retailer. Please play responsibly. Once again this season, PressBox's Project Game Day is the destination at halftime and postgame for every Baltimore football game. You want to talk about the game without all the nonsense, coach speak, and fluff of your typical show? Tune into Project Game Day. Glenn Clark is with you at halftime, and he's once again joined postgame by your favorite analysts like the NFL chick Sarita Hubbard, Ken Zalis, and more. Watch the show at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports and listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash Radio. Pressbox's Project Game Day, every game day presented by Glory Days Grill and Window Nation. As one of only seven equestrian events of its kind, the inaugural Maryland Five Star at Bear Hill will give you unparalleled access to Olympic athletes in action. Come see the world's best horses and riders compete at the new Fair Hill Special Event Zone this October 14th through 17th in Elkton, Maryland. Don't miss the exhilarating cross-country competition, the elegance of dressage, and the precision of show jumping. There's something for the whole family, including great shopping, the Fresh Food Fest, beer, wine, and spirit showcase and so much more come enjoy a beautiful fall day at the maryland five star at fair hill october 14th through 17th buy your tickets now at maryland five star.us with the number five tweet us at glenn clark radio 21st century talk radio at glenn clark radio.com all right back in here on gcr a thursday edition of the program everything going all right over there I always uh, always get me nervous when we see the uh, the phone out and something's not working. Sending nudes. Oh, well, that to me? No, God no. Okay, I was gonna Your say. Wife. Oh, weird. <laughs> Very weird. I don't know what that's all about. Today's show brought to you by Window Nation. All September long, they're celebrating back to school, and the way that they're doing that is by offering you two free windows for every two you buy, wood or vinyl styles. Buy four, get four free. There's no limit. Get an A-plus in savings and pay 0% interest for 24 months. 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. We'll be joined by Terry Hasseltine here in a few minutes to uh, tell us what we need to know about the FIFA delegation visit that's coming up this weekend to Baltimore is we want the World Cup. That's something that would be uh, that would be good if we could get the old, the old World Cup. That would be a swell thing that could happen in our community. What is it going to take? I, I couldn't possibly have those answers. How would I know what it's going to take? But Terry Hasseltine will. And so he'll tell us a little bit more about that here in a minute. From Chris. Chris says, Glenn, a year ago, I remember you talking at the beginning of the year about how the Ravens' entire season sort of came down to the Chiefs game. I understand that we have not been feeling as much optimism around these parts who do you think the Ravens are if they indeed lose the Chiefs, and how much would it change their season if they could defeat them on Sunday? It's less about who they are and about where they are. Uh, I mean, I expect, to be honest, I expect them to lose Sunday night. Right, and I think that's the way, every, the way everybody's feeling. And so this is, this is the weird part, right? I think the sentiment that I was offering a year ago is that the roster felt like a roster coming off Lamar Jackson's MVP season that it wasn't Super Bowl or bust, but it was like so this, the standard. this is the direction you yeah. should be moving towards. And, you know, the weirdness of last year and the fact that they at least won a playoff game and at least took a step forward, like maybe we didn't, by the time we got there, we kind of stopped feeling that way. And I do think that that was, that was set 
by what happened when they got their asses handed to them by the Chiefs. I think after they got their asses handed to them the Chiefs, it was hard to feel any amount of Super Bowl or bust because it just felt like it was such a monumental hill to climb that it felt unlikely. And I think we kind of moved the goalposts a little bit as the season went on and allowed ourselves to feel... Well, given where they were and given the fact the season could have ended that night in Cleveland and didn't, and they at least got the monkey off their back of winning a playoff game, and they got the dance on the Titans uh, you know, logo, in some weird way, I think it allowed us to feel like, hey, that there was, there was some progress that was made, so as, as a whole, it was a good thing. This year, everything about the build of the season is just far different. If this team... It was all healthy. Then, then we probably should be having the same conversation, and they probably should have gone and beaten the Raiders mm-hmm. on Presumably, Monday night. I think I'm to watch a little bit. Of and that's problem, that's but. the issue that I'm I, like. I feel like we're almost forced to move the goalposts because the offensive line is such a disaster. That I mean, I still think that look, Latavius Murray is a capable veteran. He's somebody who the Ravens I, should I don't be think able to trust. But there's no doubt he's not. He doesn't have the burst that either J.K. Dobbins or Gus Edwards no, does. No, but they might. He, in all, with all due respect, he might be a better overall player than J.K. Dobbins is because we still don't know if J.K. Dobbins had made the progressions he needed to as a blocker. We still, you know, like we just don't know. And I'm not. I, it's a weird place where I think there was talking a, about strictly as a runner. I like think what there the was Ravens a higher want to do on offense with the running. I get and it. Lamar. And, I think that there was a higher ceiling with J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards, but. I also think that we've allowed ourselves to like sort of believe that it was Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt that we were talking about, and that's not what we were talking about. We're talking about two good football players. Well, two runners that had – that if either were featured, you would expect to be 1,000-yard backs. Yeah, in this offense, 100%. Yeah. In this offense, there's no doubt about it. Um, the offensive line thing is that if, if they come out of Sunday night and all of a sudden Alejandro Villanueva from week one to week two – Becomes a completely different football player. Be wild. I mean, it'd be unbelievable. It'd be an incredible story. You got a lot of questions about what happened in week one. If that's the, the Army case. has the super serum. That's true. They do have that. They could. We saw what happened to Captain yeah. America. They should consider it. If that were to occur and they were to block everybody and they were to look like a completely different football team, then I think we'd walk out of them Sunday night and we suddenly say to ourselves, "Okay, back on party, back on uh, Super Bowl or bus. Let's go to L.A. The whole thing." But if they but win this game, yes, everything changes. They're I disagree. Suddenly- I completely disagree with that. If they somehow win the game, but the offensive line still looks like garbage, the way that it happened on Monday night, like where the offensive line was terrible, it's just hard and they nearly won the game anyway. I understand what you're saying, but this is the, the NFL. Scenario. It would this have is- to require something would have had to have happened in that game to make me feel immensely more you- confident in either the offense or the defense. Nope. Not at all. This is the NFL. You completely forget this. You're, this is Patrick Mahomes. Th- what happened with the Raiders a year ago? They ran the ball really well. Great. They ran the ball really well. Controlled the clock. They ran the ball really well. In order to do that, your offensive line Go- needs to be able to block. Goofy things can occur. Yeah, but that wouldn't change the fact that they might they'd be susceptible to every potential pass situation down the, as the year goes but it on. Would- and the Chiefs conspired to help lose that game. That things happen in the NFL that you can win games sometimes where it has nothing to do with whether or not you're a really good football team. What happened when the Ravens played the Patriots a year ago? I don't remember. They lost. The goofy things occurred. Do you think the, the Patriots are better than the Ravens were a year ago? No. No, it's the NFL. But they can In the block. NFL, what's that? They can still block. That's fine. Thank you. The, in the NFL, goofy things can occur that can shadow uh, or over cast a shadow upon your week. I don't know what I'm trying to say here. Can 
I don't really know what exactly. I don't. My brain stopped working there That's for good. a second. That's not a good thing to have happen. Overshadow. Overshadow your weaknesses. Is that a is that a term? Yeah, overshadow is a thing people I guess, say. I guess that's a term. Um, that that can cover for them. That for one game, you can still have atrocious weaknesses, but figure out a way to win a football game. I just Bad need to teams, think not the Chiefs. That's you keep the, saying they're the, that. They're the exception. I feel like to the rule. I understand the Raiders beat them. I still don't it's, think it's not one hundred percent true. The Chiefs have lost football games. Not many, but they've lost football games. It's occurred. Um, I just think given the unique flaws that were exposed in week I, one for I, the Baltimore I Ravens, both offensively and defensively. And, and and the better way for you to say it is, it feels as though it, the most likely scenario by which the Ravens would beat the Chiefs is that, that those things improve. Like that, yeah, it feels as though that's the most likely scenario. But we all should be smart enough to realize this is the NFL, and in the NFL, insanely goofy things occur sometimes. Just inexplicable, nonsensical. You could not explain why it is the Team A beat Team B on this particular day. Because it's the NFL and the ball's not round and sometimes it bounces in goofy ways. And there is some scenario by which the Ravens beat the Chiefs on Sunday night and it's goofy. And it makes no damn sense. And they don't actually look any better on the offensive line. They just somehow come away, came away with a victory. And if that's the case... I'm guessing that there would still be a lot of people around town that would say, well, they beat the Chiefs, party's back on. Whereas I'd probably come here on Monday or on the Project Game Day post-game show, tune in. This Sunday night, my uh, KZ's joining me again post-game. I'll be with you halftime, facebook.com slash pressboxsports, post-game, pressboxonline.com slash radio. It's all brought to you by Window Nation, as well as Glory Days Grill and our friends at underdogfantasy.com. Hope to see you for that. And I'll be the one to say, dude, this was goofy. This was this was fluky. This this does not actually make me feel any better about the totality of the season for the Baltimore Ravens. This was just sort of a goofy thing that occurs sometimes in the NFL where one team wins one game, sort of the way that I said that about the Patriots game a year ago. That nobody you don't want to hear because the result is all that matters. But the result of the Patriots game a year ago was goofy. John Little Rock brought up on the Ravens beat the Steelers with Ryan Mallett and that he would be he would be he thinks that this line is set up for the Ravens to – I mean, look, John, I, I love you. I, the, the line's a dog. I agree with John about this. The line's a dog. They, like, this this line stinks. It makes no sense whatsoever. And that, He said he would be pounding the Ravens. I don't know about pounding the Ravens, but I am reluctant. I'm reluctant because this line is perplexing. What we actually saw would suggest that this should be a far greater number. I completely understand that. But, you know – Vegas knows things. They don't get a lot of these wrong. They don't screw these things up. By the way, it's the phone number down at the bottom of the page. Um, But I'm also not convinced that the Ravens, even if they do somehow win the football game, I'm also not convinced that that means that all the problems are gone versus they just happen to figure out a way to contain them within the context of one game. Or... Despite things going wrong, Lamar Jackson became Superman for a few plays and broke off some serious long runs, and you know that that something still has to happen to stop Mahomes in that context. It could be Mahomes. Like I, I, you keep saying, the one to do everybody that. knows that. You're, what you're doing is talking about the things that the what, best player in football. Yes. What you're saying 
is that something can't happen, when what you mean is it's unlikely to happen. We all know it's unlikely that Patrick Mahomes would be on a conspiracy, and I don't mean like a behind-the-scenes conspiracy. I mean, he would simply More likely than him just having an awful football game. I don't think that's more likely, but I understand. Again, I understand what you mean to say you're just not saying it appropriately. That the more likely scenario is that that doesn't occur because we're talking about Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. But yes, even Patrick Mahomes is capable of making a mistake or two. Even Patrick Mahomes is capable of doing some things wrong. I'm not telling you it's going to occur. I'm not even telling you that it's a 50% chance of it occurring. But it can, and that can go a long way into winning a football game. So my answer is we have to see. Beating the Chiefs in any fashion a year ago, even if it had been by dumb luck, would have been good enough. Because the roster, as it was constructed, made you believe that it was Super Bowl or bust. You don't feel that way at the moment about the Baltimore Ravens. So it also matters in how they would beat the Chiefs. If they beat the Chiefs by dumb luck, I don't know that it's going to be anything other than a, you know, a, a weird result within the, the course of a football season. And, you know, I, that sometimes those things happen. And again, the more likely scenario is they're not going to win the game. And from there, there's a lot of time for them to try to solve these problems. It's a 17-game season. But no, as a whole, we're not feeling the same things about the Ravens at the moment as we did a year ago because they're already down so many key contributors to this football team. And on top of that, one particular guy that they brought in for a key position does not appear to be capable of doing it. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Joining us now, uh, he's going to tell us more. The FIFA delegation is set to come to Baltimore this weekend as we are hoping that the World Cup matches are going to be coming our way in 2026. What can we do to help? He is the executive director of Maryland Sports. He's our friend, Mr. Terry Hasseltine, and he's back with us here on GCR. Terry, it's Glenn and Kyle. Always good to chat with you, sir. Thank you so much for taking the time for us. Oh, our, our pleasure, and we're, we're really excited about you know, what's ahead of us. All right, so let's talk about this. What do you need from us? Do you need us to like bake a strudel, send uh, like a fruit basket? How can we help you out with this visit from the FIFA delegation this weekend? Well, I think one of the key things is just you know make sure that the you know the story of Baltimore is is seen in its full. Um, the city's going to be you know shined on um, like never before. The delegation will be here for the Ravens Chiefs game on Sunday night, which is the only live venue they will see during their nine city tour hmm. on this first stop. Um, and then all day Monday, the delegation is going to be out and about at various locations throughout the city. You know. Just be true Baltimoreans and make sure that we show them that, you know, we get big-time events. Make sure that you're supporting us on our website at BaltimoreMT2026.us and send out the positive social media, you know, tweets and, and you know, likes and the like as we start posting things throughout the weekend um, about the visit here. The more we can show that Baltimore really cares and Baltimore really wants to see the World Cup come to Baltimore in 26 the better we'll show off the city, the better they will have their experience in making sure that we make that top ten list. Is there like a hashtag that you'd like us to use? I know it's at BaltimoreMD2026 on Twitter is the, you know, is that, but is there like some sort of hashtag, bring the World Cup to Baltimore, something like that that we could start using? Yeah, bring uh, bring the World Cup to Baltimore. All right. Um, we, we hope that people get creative 
you know, we want people to obviously follow along with our social media likes. Um, but just reference you know, BMD26 whenever you can or reference Baltimore MD2026 there as well. Those things will be shared and liked and loved throughout the entire um, time that FIFA is in town. And like I said, we have a world-class opportunity to show them a world-class experience. You know, one, because we have, you know, primetime game on Sunday night. Our city will be alive. It will be electric. They'll get a chance to feel it for themselves. And then the next day is really the technical stuff. I mean, they're going to, you know, poke around the corners at our stadium, at the training sites we're proposing, and our fan fest locations. And, you know, we're just going to show them, you know, what Baltimore really can do when put to the challenge. All right. He is Terry Hasseltine, the executive director of Maryland Sports. I guess maybe we should add in, perhaps if there's a questionable call late in the football game, maybe we avoid, like, large, like, chance of, of, of curse words or, like, throwing things on the field. Like, let's just maybe not do that on Sunday night. might be a good idea for us uh, in front of the FIFA delegation, perhaps. Yeah, let's not do anything that, that does that. But at the end of the day, I think, you know, I think the electricity that will be at M&T Bank Stadium on Sunday night, you know, we have a very enthusiastic and fervorous uh, fan base. And I think that's net positive for us. I mean, just pure energy. Now, we can't control what happens on the field, you know, on on Sunday night. But I just think it being a Sunday night, you know, season opener for us at home, the energy is just going to be top-notch. And that's the stuff that will really set us apart from, you know, who we're competing against in the other – you know, 16 cities across the U.S. No, that's a pretty good showcase for sure. All right, here's Terry Hasseltine. He's with us here on GCR. Um, Terry, how pleased were you with uh, how the BMW Championship came off? Um, Obviously, the event itself, the golf ended up being quite thrilling, but for me, it was just being out there and the insane crowds and how the the area seemed to embrace it. It would seem like that would be quite the positive thing to show to a FIFA delegation about how this city handles world-class sporting events. Oh, that was outstanding. Um, the BMW Championships, kudos to Kays Valley and all the folks um, associated with the event. They they, they pulled off a, a major victory for the greater Baltimore region. You hit the nail on the head. It, it showed Baltimore's can-do attitude, shows the capability of what happens when big-time things can be presented to a, to the region. And it definitely was a, a, a nice feather in the cap right before the delegations coming to Baltimore for the FIFA World Cup. So, you know, kudos to the BMW team. The golf was spectacular. You know, the people who stepped up and sponsored and supported the event were tremendous. And the fans, you know, perfect Baltimore fans as we'd only expect. And, you know, when it's all said and done, those international-style events are the, are the resume builders that a city like Baltimore no you know, needs in order to compete for FIFA World Cups and other prime-time international sporting events. Have you, you know, like, have you gotten any feel at all for how this process works, Terry? Like, are you, you know, I, 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 maybe there's stuff that you can't even tell us, right? But, like, have you gotten a feel for what's going to go into making this selection for, for host cities for the World Cup? We do have a basic framework of how they're going to proportionalize certain areas. You know, first and foremost, it's the competition venues that are priority one. Where okay. are the athletes going to compete and train? So this whole site visit is about showing M&T Bank Stadium at, at its finest. Perfect example, game night Sunday, and then the next day showing how our building can be flipped and be ready for them to, to walk through it the next day. I would day. feel pretty good about site. I would feel pretty Go good ahead. about that, Terry, right? I mean, like, this isn't... I, 
I've, I've been to some other stadiums. I've seen like I would feel pretty good about the the facility itself if if that's what matters most. I feel very confident in that, and I feel that you know the Maryland Stadium Authority as well as the Baltimore Ravens and, and the leadership of our big committee feel very confident that the things that FIFA is asking us to do are very doable. Um, the things they want to see, we can show we can show them, um, and we can be very proud of you know the building. You know, Gold Lead certified, you know, existing building. That's a major coup. You know, the fact that we continue to set standards on public safety in the building, as well as, you know, new technologies and amenities in the building. Those things will really stand out. I think they'll be seen on Sunday night. But then how they were done and the the architecture and the infrastructure behind the scenes, I think will show very well on FIFA. And then I think we're very excited about the training sites we're showing them. You know, showing them. You know, several of our, our university athletic complexes, yeah. as well as a couple, um, you know, futuristic, you know, Reedburg Park, for example, is one of the sites we're showing them okay. under construction. And they can get a, a vision of what that facility is going to look like. So we're showing everything from existing to legacy, you know, pieces that were involved with our World Cup bid process. Uh, Terry, there's obviously, I mean, like this is the one that's, everybody's thinking about, right? The World Cup is the biggest sporting event in the world. Um, no pun yeah. intended. This is the one. But it's not as if this is all you guys are doing. We talked about the BMW. I know, um, unfortunately, the Cycling Classic had to be pushed back uh, one more year, but that's still very much going to be a thing that's happening. What yeah. other things are on your radar that are important when it comes to sports tourism? I know the five-star has got to be at the top of the list, right? It's... Oh, the five-star happening October 13th to the 17th up at Fair Hill in the newly designed special event zone. You know, the five-star team led by Jeff Newman are doing a tremendous job. Tickets are on sale. Uh, marketing strategies are on sale. Sponsors are setting up. Vendors, you know, that place is starting to come alive. Setup is happening as we speak. You know, because that's how much, you know, infrastructure and overlay that has to happen on the complex. You know, there's so we're really excited about that. The Maryland Cycling Classic, going to be doing a, a media event around it in early October. You know, because the UCI is about to announce, the, you know, the, the 2022 schedule. You know, we're really excited that we're, we'll be back on that schedule for 22. Um, the World Cup, obviously, is, you know, right now the center of our universe because it's right here, right upon us right now with the site visit. Right. We have a ton of amateur events that are going on. We're working with Cork and, you know, with the Bay Bridge run in, in October. You know, we're working with our partners on all the youth and amateur stuff. I mean, we have, you know, more of a cross soccer, football, you know, track events, you know, happening throughout our entire state all the time. That Our fingers are in the are in there a little bit to help them out. And, you know, we just launched a, a brand new grant program for youth and amateur sports. Applications are coming in this as we speak, and we're getting ready to review those applications so we can put, you know, some needed capital into some of those smaller events that need um, some support. I mean, all of that sounds great to me. All of it sounds uh, very important, and all of it sounds like it's going to help the area. Uh, are you guys involved at all with the the revitalization of the arena project and what uh, you know Kevin Durant's team is getting involved with? We are not directly involved with that. Okay. Uh, you know, at this time, that is something that was done by the Baltimore Development Committee. Where that um, you know ends up, will we at some juncture? Who knows? It, it all depends on what um, you know the legislator asks of us and what the city and the and the state you know request of our uh, of our support, but. We'll play that one by ear and see what might come to fruition. But, 
you know, we are working on several other major projects from the stadium authority perspective across the state. Okay. All right. Terry Hasseltine, I think the important thing is at Baltimore MD 2026 on Twitter. That's we everybody needs to get behind it. Be sharing tweets, show that there is excitement and some fervor in our area for being a World Cup host. Uh, I think that's going to go a long way. I, I think that's the most simple way of saying it, right, is, is get behind that Twitter account and, and let these people know this is something we care about in these parts. That is definitely a one way. And also, if you have images around town, you know, this weekend you're going to see a lot of things popping up. Around around the city that are welcoming FIFA to the city, um, various you know flagpole banners, you know backdrops, sure. banners coming down. If you get a picture of yourself with one of the backdrops, tag it and let us know that you you're supportive and that you're out there and you're witnessing the work that's being done by a bunch of volunteers as well as some great companies out there that have been very supportive to making sure this comes to fruition. So wow. um, tag it, talk about it, be proud of it. I love that. At T. Hasseltine on Twitter is how you follow him. Terry, uh, uh, good luck this weekend. Um, uh, I love I love what it is that we're doing, and may there be good news coming in the future after all this hard work that you guys have put in over the last few years. Always appreciate taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Thank you for doing my, it. My pleasure, and we look forward to continuing the relationship. No question. Thank you, Terry. Terry Hasseltine, Executive Director of Maryland Sports, and obviously – this is a big deal. I don't know how many times I can say it. This is a really effing big deal, and please continue to throw your support behind it. Uh, report this morning from Jason Lockenfora that's that's weirded strangely. Worded strangely. It's, did I say weirded? I, what, it's both. I'm going to say that. I'm going to actually stick by that after I, I think through it. It's worded strangely, but what he's saying is the Ravens are prepared. Preparing. Thank you. They're preparing. Weirded. It's weirded strangely to be without Ronnie Stanley this week and possibly far longer as he undergoes more medical testing. Villanueva slides back to left tackle, his natural spot with Patrick McCary next up at right tackle. Offensive line was already under fire before this setback. So it doesn't really tell us much. Like, what's what is it the same injury that Ronnie Stanley just returned to early from? Did something else occur during the course of the game? Like, what really... Seems to suggest he'll definitely be out on Sunday. Well, right. Or, I mean... If they're talking about, and maybe much longer, right, then it stands to reason that... But there's so much weird wording to this that, like, I'm not really sure... That seems likely. I would like for it to be... I would like it to not be the case. Well, no, I would love for that not to be the case. I mean, I would just like some more I get clarification. Sure, I'm sure that Adam about will be weighing in on. shortly. I'd, I'd like for there to be some more follow-ups, whether it's from Jason or from anybody else. Yes, Schefter would be a, a good one. Ian Rappaport, whoever. Jeff Zerbeck, whoever. Just to ex- sort of explain this a little bit more. Like all it says is undergoes more medical testing. Like I, I just need to. <laughs> I mean, he didn't look good on Sunday. No, he sure didn't on a Monday. Um, Same thing. Not the same thing, but I get the right. point, right? It's it's not all that uh, crucial to the yeah. comment that you're making. Um, he he didn't look good, but again, is it because of the same injury, or is there something to else? Reason that would be the case, but, but I get it. I, I don't know why I just, they would rush him back in the first place if he wasn't fully recovered. That's sort of what I'm dealing with. Could he aggravated? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. If true, if he's going to miss time in in a weird way, like if Alejandro Villanueva has to play. I'd probably rather him play at left tackle than at right tackle, but no. 
Oh no, I definitely rather him. Play I mean, maybe maybe right so, tackle. but the implication. No. If I'm saying in the context that he has to play, I understand. But the right. implication of why he'll be playing left tackle. No, that's a huge problem. Yes. I'm I'm saying in a vacuum. You're telling me you've got to have you're Alejandro Villanueva in a vacuum. He's a big man. He's a large man. You're not wrong about that. Uh, you're telling me you have to have Alejandro Villanueva on the field. Would you rather it be at left tackle or right tackle? Well, I'd probably rather it be pretty bad last year for the stories at left, left tackle. tackle. No, he didn't look good, but at least he's got familiarity with the position. I know people make a big deal about the muscle memory, about the idea that I, it's really it, difficult it to go do one thing for your entire nothing. career and reverse it kind of thing. I'm not it saying there's nothing. nothing there, but the implication um, that it's because Ronnie Stanley will not be playing is part, not. Part of thinking that this could be solved at some point absolutely involved Ronnie Stanley Becoming Ronnie Stanley again. And maybe Pat McCary shows out at right tackle, and suddenly you feel better about right tackle if and when Stanley returns. Oh, yeah, man. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's the case. I don't know, but it ain't good. There's no, no getting around it. You almost certainly would assume that this means that Andre Smith will be back on the roster. I, I cannot fathom why they wouldn't be looking to grab Mitchell Schwartz unless, again, Mitchell Schwartz is just not going to be able to play football You would for think some Jeff time. Schwartz would have an idea as to whether that would be the case, right? Really weird that he's not returning calls. Really strange. Someone that's come on with us all the time over the years not returning calls this week. Don't know what that's all about. I mean, I, maybe he's talking about it on a podcast somewhere, right? Like, I, I'm sorry. I just don't... I don't. Apparently, Mitchell Schwartz does a podcast, too. Um, I don't... I, I'm sorry. I don't have time to listen to other podcasts... Especially not the, the, the Arbor. Model. Well, I listen to the and the what do they call those? The the, the the the. It's a nice day. Oh, okay. I don't know the what the noise ones where they like what oh, ASMR. S, what is it? ASMR. ASMR. That's what yeah. I, I listen to a lot of those. I listen to those podcasts because sure, sure, they're sure. soothing and they yeah, make me feel better erotic. about my life. Yeah, well, a little bit of that too. Um, but I I don't listen to the Schwartz brothers podcasts, so I. They might be addressing these things on their podcasts. I'm sorry, or their radio shows. I'm sorry, I just don't know. Um, but I would think that they would want to go that route in order to try to address their problems. Uh, John Harbaugh, of course, as look, I, it doesn't bother me that John Harbaugh was bullish about Alejandro Villanueva at a practice uh, at a press conference yesterday. What's he supposed mm-hmm. to say? Is he supposed to say, "No, the guy stinks. We really f that one up"? Like we know it's true, but. He, at this moment, he's the guy that's got to play, so you can't say that. It's just not the way the world works. But I, you know, it, if that's genuinely their belief, is we're just counting on a Alejandro Villanueva to get better. Doesn't uh, yeah, terribly I mean, well. I'm not. Uh, I'm going to separate from them, and I thought about whether or not that's a good strategy. I don't think that's it. So we'll look for more information about Ronnie Stanley, but uh, obviously that's problematic and. Good news for us might be that we get the Ravens game at the perfect line. The perfect line for when we make our picks here in a second. I traded Tyson Williams last night. Shoo, boy. All right. Uh, today's show, hour number one in the books. Just some more great news. We're having a lot of fun around these parts. It's brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. Make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. I want to go somewhere where Ronnie Stanley's healthy. RAV4 maybe could take me there. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Let's make some picks, shall we? We'll do it next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Need to hone your computer skills to boost your career? Or maybe you want an IT certification. CCBC Continuing Education has the courses and programs you need for a career in the computer field. 
and it's all tuition free. From the basics to specialized trading, we have the classes you need from hardware to programming to cybersecurity and so much more. It's your choice. It's your career. Call 443-840-4700 or visit ccbcmd.edu slash computer training. It's back to school time, and to help you get educated on Window Nation, they're offering a scholarship for higher savings during Window Nation's back-to-school sale. Right now, get two free windows for every two you buy, wood or vinyl styles, buy four, get four free. There's no limit. Get an A-plus in savings and pay 0% interest for 24 months. That's like a free ride until 2023. With all the money you'll be saving, you can use it towards your kids' books, clothes, backpacks, shoes, or even treat yourself. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. As one of only seven equestrian events of its kind, the inaugural Maryland Five Star at Bear Hill will give you unparalleled access to Olympic athletes in action. Come see the world's best horses and riders compete at the new Fair Hill Special Event Zone this October 14th through 17th in Elkton, Maryland. Don't miss the exhilarating cross-country competition, the elegance of dressage, and the precision of show jumping. There's something for the whole family, including great shopping, the Fresh Food Fest, beer, wine, and spirits, showcase and so much more come enjoy a beautiful fall day at the maryland five star at fair hill october 14th through 17th buy your tickets now at maryland five star.us with the number five i love you more than selfie poses i love you more than spraying hoses i love you more than bird calls but not as much as football celebrate your love of football with raven scratch-offs from the maryland lottery win up to hundred thousand dollars instantly or second chance cash and raven's prizes i love you more than snowballs but not as much as football play raven scratch-offs at any maryland lottery retailer please play responsibly this is glenn nothing but net our buddy uh Banks from Barstool Sports uh, says that, uh, yeah, it's legit about Ronnie Stanley. And Zrebic had retweeted it as well. Which, well, that's you know, a different thing. Um, but Banks said he had actually brought it up on their podcast this week on Exit 52. So he's not just acknowledging something somebody else said. He's saying that he mm-hmm. could, he was saying it himself as well based on information that he had. So we still don't know, again, new injury, same injury, whatever that is, but... It ain't good. <laughs> you know, we know that much. It ain't good. It ain't good. I mean, maybe in some weird world, if it's just this week, like, you probably won't win it anyway, so, uh, you know, get it over with, right? <laughs> like, get it over with, get through it, and move. I don't know. I don't know, man. It, today, it's not, it's just not a fun time. The, happy football season. 
This is this is like getting the follow up pick in. Oh, he wants to change his pick. Did he? Because he, yeah. he went with Kansas City. He went with Baltimore initially. Oh, sorry, that's what yeah. I meant. He went with Baltimore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Wish uh, we had done the segment in the uh, oh, 10 a.m. hour. Oh, huh? if we had done the segment at 10 a.m. hour, your boy might have done the exact same thing. Might have done the exact. Might have pulled the exact same move, but not gonna be the case now. Not to give anything away. Normally, we build to that as our final pick. I don't think there's much surprise. Boy, it is not. Uh, not shaping up well. Hi, Glenn Clark Radio. We're in the 11 a.m. hour of the program. And if you're uh, missing it, Jason Lock and Four reported this morning that the Ravens are preparing to be without Ronnie Stanley for at least, least this week, if not longer, as he undergoes some medical tests. We don't know anything more than that, but uh, he says it means Villanueva at left tackle and McCary at right tackle and make your plans accordingly. Nothing else that we can say right now. That's just the reality. Whoo, buddy. Ooh, buddy, 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 buddy. Hour number two of today's program brought to you by Glory Days Grill. You know how much I love Glory Days Grill. The Oktoberfest menu is back. Oh, gosh, I love the Oktoberfest menu at Glory Days Grill. Like the chicken schnitzel, two chicken cutlets, hand-breaded in herbed panko and pan-fried until golden brown. Served with mustard cream sauce, mashed potatoes, and roasted vegetables. The menu also includes your favorites, like the Oktoberfest Brewer's Platter, the Brewer's Sausage Sandwich, the Prussian Pretzel Rolls, the Slam Dunk Pretzels, and Apple Cobbler. All of these meals pair well with their many Oktoberfest beers, and we could use a few of those right now. Or the Angry Orchard on draft. Dine in on their patios or in their dining rooms. Or take uh, home your order after you order online and pick up your favorites by going to glorydaysgrill.com. Glory Days Grill has been proud to serve the community for the last 25 years, and they say thank you, fans. How about we make some picks for the week, huh? Huh? Everybody's having a good time. Everybody's having fun. We're all happy to be here. Big football game coming up on Sunday night. Hoorah! Yep. God, what a depressing time this is. Football season is like, it's the salad days when you do this. And, and like, when you go through the year, we you know, we had the year when Joe Flacco got hurt, mm-hmm. and football season essentially ended months before. And we've, look, obviously we've been spoiled for the most part being here in Baltimore. Football season ends quite early in a number of markets. They still have Lamar Jackson, so it's not yes, as if this is they a still have Lamar death Jackson. blow, God, but... I'd still favor them in a number of games. Um, ah, it's just it's just the way it's the t- remember when I said this, I said when we talked about it last last week or whenever it was that we talked about the last couple of injuries, what I said was it just leaves you with that feeling of the sky is falling and it's not really about what's happened so far, it's about what's next, mm-hmm. right? And what's next is they lost to the Raiders and then they lost Ronnie Stanley. Sure. Well, hopefully not too long. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully it's just just this week. Hopefully, again, they get a test back today. They say, you know what? So, got some clarification. Yes. It's still the ankle. Still the ankle. Okay. So, it's still the same injury, which, again, makes sense, but you just need to know that, and it just would have been nice if that was included. Not that I'm criticizing anyone and how they report things, but still the ankle. That's coming from our buddy Banks. Yes. We should give him credit. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Basically, he said... I don't know if it's an aggravation per se or if it was just never right, but it's the ankle. Thank you, Banks. Appreciate you, buddy. All right. Um, 
I guess we'll make the picks. What else are we going to do here? Make your picks. Picks brought to you this week uh, by... Oop, I'm going to not do that here. I'm going to move that somewhere else. Picks brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797 or C3America.com for your free analysis. Uh, plan for a little bit of cash at the top of the table. Not much, even less than normal, but a little bit of cash just to... Why is uh, that? We're not talking. <laughs> not talking about it. You're not. You're such a. You just keep wanting a needle. You keep wanting to <laughs> shove it in there, twist it around a little bit. Um, we are playing for a little bit of cash at the bottom of the table. We are playing to avoid being the one who has to come in here and get uh, their back waxed, and then also um, have to eat a tarantula, consume it. And uh, perform hero from Spider Man. That's what the loser is going to have to Crossing do. By my the way, fingers for the last part. Yeah, least. that part you are looking forward to. Um, I am going to be paying off my debt to society tomorrow on the program. Well, one of them. Well, no, I, I paid the other one. I paid. What's I paid that, that one. The, uh, IRS told me. Oh, oh, you know something? <laughs> Thought that uh, we had kept that one, swept it under the rug. Thought that was the case. Well, that's a bummer. Um, anyway, the moral of the story being that I am eating my uh, the peanut butter and mayonnaise sandwiches. Uh, Tim from Bel Air in a t- text to us yesterday was threatening them to be on a sub roll. Let's make it, make it very clear. There was no we agreed to open-faced sandwiches. sandwiches. Correct. Open-faced Which is still sandwiches. A, uh, on the table here. Oh, you're saying it could be an open-faced sub roll? He said if you're a lawyer, you would have to give lawyer-specific instructions all right, here. All right, all right. Settle down over there. He's like uh, Elizabeth uh, Hurley in I'll, Bedazzled. I'll be doing... Oh, okay. Does he look like Elizabeth Hurley in Bedazzled? Outfit, yeah. Because... Underrated film. My God. And Elizabeth Hurley at that point in her life was already like 42 or something she still like looks that. Good. Oh, I can only imagine. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, there's that. I'm also going to be performing uh, "A Thousand Miles" by Vanessa Carlton, and I don't remember which Creed song I got to sing. Is it uh, "My Sacrifice"? Is it "My Sacrifice"? I don't think it is actually. I think it's another one. So I, I think it is actually. I think it's "My Sacrifice." We'll okay. double check on that, but I think that's the one that uh, that that I'm performing tomorrow. Which, you know, that actually I'm fine with. My sacrifice! That's not spoiler for everyone, you know? I don't know all the words. i got to learn those. Or not. Yeah, right. Also an option between now and tomorrow. All right, let's get to it. We pick three college games. We pick six NFL games. Uh, the team also includes KZ, who, again, not here, as he normally is on Thursdays, as well as uh, Proctor and Andrew Stecker. By the way, Andrew said good morning to us, and I apologize. Good morning, sir. We had a lot going on. Stecker, by the way, when you have these days, you can let me know. We could just have you sit in on the show via... The old, uh, the old Skype machine or the Zoom machine. We have ways of going about doing that. Just I, if you're asking, waiting for the invite, it's not coming. You're part of the crew. Just let me know you're available, and we'll have you in. Um, I just get to it. College games. Alrighty. So depressed right now. I know, right? I'm just so depressed. Apparently, we will start not locally, as we've allegedly always done that, not in college football. But this year, we are no, doing it. No, what? It's fine. Maryland will be the last about? pick we'll make. No, we, we can do we can because the Ravens are the last pick. They, I was talking about for week one because oh, there now was we're no NFL pick. We're supposed to build to the big pick of the week. Now we're changing it up. I, like you know how college game day works. Which game do they pick last? The first. No, they they pick last the game that's happening at the location where they are. Oh, it's always Air Force. They build to the big one. That's the way that it goes. We should be building the big one. But when we have well, maybe we should an NFL game, uh, you might not be wrong about <laughs> that. When we have an NFL game, that's the big one. Cool, cool, that's cool. That's the big pick. 
apparently Glenn's audible in again. So you we know? can start with the Maryland game. That's fine. You just and go ahead we can and build to the big one. Audible right at the line here. Don't care. I don't care. What it just? I don't know why this is so. Starting hard. with Maryland because we always do that. Well, sure. It's the first game we're picking this week. Friday. That's tomorrow. That's the first one happening this week. No, that's uh, whatever. We'll we're not picking the Thursday night here. Yeah. Nine o'clock on FS1. They, of course, are traveling to Illinois to fight the Illini. Get it? Ah. Yeah. Uh, the spread here. How long have you spent working on that one? A couple weeks. Illinois, plus seven and a half. Maryland, more than a touchdown Jesus favorite. Christ, that sucks. Oh, I hate that line. Damn it. <sighs> Illinois, as you remember, opened up the season. Nice win over Nebraska, the Brett Bielema era, getting underway in a in a successful way, and there was a lot of excitement about Illinois football. They proceeded to follow that up by losing at home to Texas San Antonio. By a touchdown. And then they followed it up by going to Virginia. Losing and, by a little bit more than a touchdown. And they lost by four touchdowns. Yeah. Virginia's a power. We all know that. I can't believe. This is, I, I don't think there's any world in which. Maryland. I can't believe I'm, that's that number sucks. I ah oh God Maryland fine. I agree. Um, and Maryland can score. Yeah, but they're you know they still have to pr- their defense made huge plays against West Virginia, but they did allow yards. They still have to I prove still think that they can score more than Illinois. Let's I don't put it that way. With Illinois that. put up fourteen on Virginia. I don't really know what that means. They also allowed thirty-seven to University yeah, of Texas you know San me, Antonio. You know me. I'm a big yeah. I'm a big Virginia football yeah, guy, so I got a lot of answers. Um, for what it's worth, Proctor agrees with us. Everyone else, Ken and Andrew, are on it's a, the Illini. Seven points, man. I like I seven understand. So, the, 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 Maryland can win by a touchdown, and we can lose this pick. Correct. That would be insane. Uh, the next one. I don't know if you know, UT San Antonio only won by a touchdown. Correct. That I mean, was kind of the uh, impetus for my pick of Maryland. I hear you. You're thinking Maryland's better than Texas San Antonio, but yes. you might you might regret that. Uh, the next one here, real tough one. Number one, Alabama goes to Does It Matter? Uh-oh. They face number 11, Florida. It's a top 15 showdown. Uh, so is there one against uh, the other one that they beat? By Miami, but we knew Miami was fraudulent. Uh, this we is don't a know yet. Three thirty game. Casey thinks Miami is actually decent. Three thirty game on CBS. Sure. The spread. Florida. Plus fourteen and a half. Do it. Do it. You're so mouthy about Alabama here. Do it. I'm not mouthy about Alabama. Do it. Come on, Glenn. Do it. You know, Alabama doesn't cover every game they play in. Go ahead. They don't. I'm just letting you know that. They don't always cover. They're not undefeated when it turns to covering. Do it. Did you settle down over there, Chief? My brain hurts. I just got the Ronnie Stanley news. I'm not in a good not a good headspace. Do it. So confident in Florida. Do it. (laughs) Alabama. (laughs) Everyone's on Bama. By the way, we're gonna, it's going to cost us. <laughs> <laughs> Just let's go get to the next one. All right. Uh, final college game of the slate. I have We've no idea. I have no idea. A 730 those. matchup on ABC between the number 22 Auburn Tigers and the number 10 Penn State Nittany Lions. This spread here. Penn State favored by four and a half. 
It's the whiteout game. Oh yeah, that's. Uh, it's Lord knows. It's you know, no, they, when they, everyone's they, wearing white. They, but they actually tend to perform really well in these circumstances. I don't know what's all. Sounds about. racist. I I don't know what to tell you, dude. You talk to them. It's not my issue. The the James Franklin thing obviously is the weird part about this, right? Like he. He's he's not denying the possibility that he could be in play for the USC job. I mean, Happy Valley. I mean, does Los Angeles hold a candle to yeah, that? Yeah, I know it's a good point. When you got a chance to be in Central Pennsylvania, yeah. why would you want to be over on the beach? That's a that's a really great point. Um, I don't really know how good Auburn is. It's four and a half is the number. It is, yes. Yeah, Penn State. I'm going to regret that, though. It's the SEC. Auburn's put up 60 in the last two games. But against who? I don't know. Come on, That's still a lot of points. I hear you, but they could be doing it against you you and I. No, they weren't. That was not the case. I know know that was not the case. But whatever. I mean, Penn State, I don't think of them always as a high-powered offense. They did well last week, but they didn't score that much against Wisconsin. They played Alabama State and Akron. Yeah. I'm not reading anything into those. Thank you. You're right. Now, what about Alabama State? Who are they? The Wildcats. I have no idea. There's something related to it. Might be. No, it's not. It's related to a bumblebee in some way. Well, I don't know about that. Yeah. Well, you, it is. I'm telling you, it is uh, the Hornets. It's not a bumblebee. A hornet. Well, you were wrong. Definitely too. not a wildcat. You were wrong, also. Go. Um, I. You are joined by Ken Zalis. Everyone else is on Auburn. None of us know, so I'm yeah, not, sure. not going to overthink that too much. On to the NFL. Uh, the first game we'll pick is a one o'clock tilt on Fox. This. One is the Niners traveling to Ooh, Philly. John from Little Rock says Penn State crushes Auburn. Auburn is a fraud. Hell yeah, John from Little Rock. You and I are together, man. That's my guy. Go ahead. Well, John, you want to join our pick segment? There's <laughs> <laughs> a spot available. Uh, the Niners traveling to Philly at 1 and o'clock. You're not really all that far behind if you pick <laughs> it up right now. In fact, you're winning. <laughs> um, Steck, Niners. I, Steck is actually at 500. Oh, okay, tied. At Eagles, 1 o'clock, Fox, spread. Philly coming off a beatdown on the Falcons, being given three and a half points. Implying on a neutral field, it's borderline to pick them. Oh, no, yeah. that's not true. Six and a half would be the spread. Yeah, no, wait, no. yeah, yeah, it goes yeah. the other way. Yeah. So, I lied. Three and a half at home. Yeah. They look good. They did. Niners look good, too. Although at the end, not they, at the end. Yeah, they kind of, I'm going to go Eagles here. I got the chance to lose by a field goal and win. I just feel like that's smart money. Look at us. Oh, yeah? Look at us. Well, that, that's not good. That doesn't bode well. Everyone else on the Niners, you oh, and I boy. on oh, boy. Philly. Oh, boy. Uh, we got the upstart. Ooh, I have Oakland there. Las Vegas Raiders traveling to now, Pittsburgh. Now the pal's out. You don't get your mistakes yeah, fixed. Right. Actually, someone did correct me last week. Uh, okay. uh, Las Vegas traveling to Pittsburgh, a 1 o'clock game on CBS. The Steelers coming off a win against the Bills. Five-and-a-half-point favorites. I don't like that line either. I'm going to go with the Raiders. I'm not confident in the Raiders, but I just don't like the line. Um, I, I'm, not, I'm not there with the Steelers. I, they didn't, they didn't, I get it. They beat the Bills, and so we're going to say, mm-hmm. we're going to say, but like they, but they're, br- not, they're not prolific the on punt offense. punt block for a touchdown in order Their to do it. Their line isn't good enough for me to think that they're going to roll offensively and, right now. And I get, you could say their de- defense is better than the Ravens. Fine. I'll give you that, right? Mm-hmm. Like somebody would have debated that, but I'm just going to give it to but you. But do I feel right? confident they can stop Darren Waller? Not particularly. Um, their car slings it around. And just, I like the idea of the Raiders being able to hang around. Look at this us. One. Oh, uh-oh. Look uh-oh. at Uh-oh, same scenario? <laughs> Only one's on the Raiders. Oh, boy. You and I. Oh, boy. We are, 
<laughs> Ride or die over here. Real weird. Uh, next, the aforementioned Bills coming off a of week one loss. Travel to Miami to face the Dolphins coming off week one win against the Patriots. A one o'clock game on Fox, weirdly. The spread, Dolphins plus three and a half. Really? They're plus three and a half. Yeah. Uh, so, like, my first thought is the Bills bounce back, right? That's my first thought. My second thought is the Dolphins didn't look all that good in week one. They just got a fortunate Damian Harris fumble at the end, and mm-hmm. so they were able to win. My third thought is I still don't think they should be three and a half point dogs. They're at home, right? They are. Why? They lost by 30 last time they played. Ugh. Bills. But I don't love it. Everybody but Andrew Stetka on Buffalo in this one. Next, Los Angeles Rams. No. Traveling to the Midwest to face the Colts. A 1 o'clock game on Fox. The spread here, similarly. Indy plus three and a half. Understand that. Indy looked terrible, obviously, in week one, even with Carson Wentz back. I'm still a little – I'm a little bit confused that this is a trap too, right? Like that everybody loved what they saw from the Rams in week one and everybody hated what they saw from the Colts in week one, and so they only bet that and don't consider anything else. Like Indianapolis' defense should be better. Mm-hmm. Um, but – What time is the game? Uno. Mm, there's that. But Stafford's used to one o'clock games. Well, yeah, but not since he moved. Hey. To, not since he moved to L.A. Can't he's a West. That. He's a West Coast feller now. I don't know if you heard this. He and Clayton Kershaw, they were friends. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you're aware of that. It's a little nugget that I picked up. I'm changing my pick then. gross, <laughs> uh, gross, 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 gross. I guess you have to go Rams here. I guess you do, but I think I'm going to regret that ultimately. Everybody, once again. But Andrew Steck. I like it. I like it, Andrew Steck. I didn't like the on last one. Rams. I do like this one. Next, Tennessee coming off a bludgeoning at the hands of the Cardinals. That wasn't good. Going to Seattle, who bludgeoned the Colts. A 425 game on CBS with the line. Seahawks favored by four and a half. I'm gonna I gotta pick a reverse lock at some point, right? So I'm gonna take weirdly Tennessee here. It makes no sense. I get it. It spits in the face of what we've seen. It spits in the face of people who want to be cool, but I'm overestimating your your weirdness here. Oh, I mean, did you watch the first couple of the first worst week of the season? It was bad for them. It was really bad for them, I and it was really good for bad, Seattle. Right? I don't like, think they're that bad. That's the point. The yeah. point is, I'm falling back on what I thought. Look, does their defense stink? Yeah, I think their defense stinks. But I think they should be able to score points mm-hmm. and to a field goal at least. Um, you know, Seattle doesn't have twenty-eight. Sounds about right. Seattle doesn't have Chandler Jones, so I'm gonna go with Tennessee to cover. Yeah. Everybody, but. Proctor. Weird. On the Titans. Really weird. It's a big number. It's a big number. I hear you, but... I get it. You know, really weird that everybody's that one. And the grand finale. Oh. The granddaddy of them all. The one that a yeah, lot of people were wondering. We didn't update our spread after we got the news. Now, yeah. uh, I'll check. So, of course, we are talking about the Washington game tonight. Yep. Big one. Yeah, Thursday no. night showdown. Sunday night. At home. The Ravens welcome Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs to M&T Bank Stadium without Ronnie Stanley. 
and others. We believe. Yes. This in 8.15 game on NBC. I think it's actually 8.20, so excuse me. The spread before, you know, following right. Before we got the Ronnie Stanley news. Was, and maybe still is, but probably not, Ravens plus three and a half. I mean, I don't know what you're... Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. We're still doing this? Yeah. yeah, I'm taking the Chiefs. Yeah. I was I was an easy pick for me before Stanley was announced, and then... Oh, I I was actually going to take the Ravens. I didn't see it. I was going to do... Well, I just I think it's it's the reverse lock thing. I was going to take the Chief, the Ravens for that reason. Well, everybody's on the Chiefs. Uh, quick update. Uh, hasn't moved yet, so... So if you got you any money still, to put on... You could yeah. still bet. You could still go bet at three and a half. All right, those are our picks for the week. Right now, by the way, Stetka is at the top of the table, sitting at 7-7. Seven and seven. I'm a game back. Uh, Kyle's two games back, and both Casey and Proctor are three games back, obviously very early on. Picks were also brought to you today by, you know, speaking of that game, they're brought to you by the Baltimore Ravens. You know what? Nope, I'm still going to save that. It's just I don't know how we're going to do that, Reed. Fellas, we're going to have to work on that because it's uncomfortable. Instead, brought to you by the new print issue of PressBox, which is available right now. Go pick it up for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you read PressBox, find PressBox, read it at PressBoxOnline.com. Marlon Humphrey on the cover. He's he's still good, right? Like, as far still, as we know, yes. All right, good. Like him. Come back in, uh, chat with Greg Rosenthal from uh, NFL Network and Courts of Thunder. That's next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. What's up, everybody? This is Tyus Bowser. I can't wait to see you guys for the Tyus Bowser show this fall. We're going to be taking the show on the road all over the area. You can meet me and my very special guests. If you can't make it out, you can watch the show on live on PressBox Facebook page or listen the next day. Find out more about where we'll be by checking out PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. We'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser show. It's brought to you by by Express Exterior Design, Grade 8's memorabilia, and PressBox. It's back to school time, and to help you get educated on Window Nation, they're offering a scholarship for higher savings during Window Nation's back-to-school sale. Right now, get two free windows for every two you buy, wood or vinyl styles, buy four, get four free. There's no limit. Get an A-plus in savings and pay 0% interest for 24 months. That's like a free ride until 2020. With all the money you'll be saving, you can use it towards your kids' books, clothes, backpacks, shoes, or even treat yourself. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. I love you more than rock and roll. I love you more than a swimming hole. I love you more than pinball. But not as much as football. Celebrate your love of football with Raven Scratch-Offs from the Maryland Lottery. Win up to $100,000 instantly or second chance cash in Raven's prizes. I love you more than gumballs, but not as much as football. Play Raven Scratch-Offs at any Maryland Lottery retailer. Please play responsibly. Every seat is the best seat at M&T Bank Stadium. Don't miss a moment of Ravens football this season. Single game tickets are now available at BaltimoreRavens.com slash tickets. I love driving my tractor trailer. And just like you, I just want to make it to my destination safely. If you drive too closely to my truck, I can't see you and you can't see what's in front of me. If I have to brake suddenly, our lives can be changed forever. If a truck stops quickly, can you? 
Don't tailgate trucks. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation State Highway Administration. The latest issue of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka profiles Ravens cornerback Marlon Humphrey, who may well be the Ravens' next true defensive superstar in the lineage of Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, and Terrell Suggs. Also inside, we introduce you to Maryland Navy, Towson, and Morgan State football players and everything you need to know for football betting as it launches in Maryland. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. You are out. You are listening to Glenn Clark Radio Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. All right, back in here on GCR. Again, no uh, Stan and Gary last night because of the holiday, but they'll be back next week with Wizards GM Tommy Shepard. And if you missed Stan and Ross Grimsley this past Monday night, they were chatting with uh, Scotty McGregor. And this coming Monday night, they're going to have the spaceman, Bill Lee. So some fun baseball conversation available for you. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. Click on the Videos tab or go to PressBoxOnline.com and see it there. Stan Shows is always brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Well, again, the news this morning, it ain't great. According to uh, Jason Lockenfora, the Ravens are preparing to be without Ronnie Stanley for at least at least this week, and likely longer than that. It is still the same injury. Do not know if it was a reaggravation or if he just came back early. I I don't know, but um, we're working on that. And uh, you know, it, it's it's all great. It's all it's all just a lot of fun. We're all having a lot of fun talking some Ravens football this week. We'll talk about the Ravens. Uh, selfishly, we're also going to talk about tennis. Our next guest is the host of the incredibly popular Courts of Thunder podcast, which is available wherever you get your podcasts. I hear he also does some shows uh, for an upstart uh, NFL network is what it's called. So we'll find out how that's going and whether or not that's going to get anywhere. He's a friend, Greg Rosenthal, and he's with us here on GCR. What's going on, buddy? How are you? Yeah, I'm a big fan of that Courts of Thunder podcast, but it's really the co-host, Glenn Clark, who carries yeah, yeah, who it, you carries know, the personality, the, the energy, yeah. the love of the tennis. Brought, brought, the, brought the entire audience, too. I was the <laughs> one who brought the whole audience. What's up, buddy? Everything uh, everything good for you? I know you go through withdrawals after we get through. Like, I deal with that legitimately, where I just I, I go through two weeks of glorious tennis, and then I'm just like, can please, please shoot some more tennis into my veins somehow. Oh, please. <laughs> Uh, you know, the U.S. Open, not so much because it you know, matches up with week one and it's just like you're yeah. getting into the crazy NFL flow. The other tournaments, absolutely. And, and my kids are feeling it. Like yesterday at dinner, they were just like, is there any live sports on? And I was like, well, <laughs> baseball. And they said, well, what about tennis? What about tennis? I was like, well, they, they are playing some little tournaments in right. Europe right now. And so, yeah, we, we flipped on Paulini versus Yastrzemska, I think, in Poland. But didn't really get the kids going like the U.S. Open did. Um, you know, that's, that's, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> uh, and if you missed, there's some great stories about uh, Greg and his kids from uh, the last few episodes of uh, Courts of Thunder that I would encourage you to go listen to. Um, we got to talk about the, the Ravens and the NFL. So let's just do some, some nerdy tennis stuff quick. You and I, obviously, we covered in the last episode of Courts and Thunder. Um, look, man, I, I I think if people don't know about Daniil Medvedev, if they, they only know tennis when it's Serena Williams or Roger Federer, or, you know, Rafael Nadal, Novak Djokovic, th- it's a story that's that worth them diving into a little bit more and finding out about why so many tennis fans were excited to see Daniil Medvedev win the U.S. Open. 
Well, because he's actually got a personality. I mean, I'll respect the Roger Federer and Nadal and even Djokovic to some degree, but it's like, I liked it in the 80s when every, you know, there's almost like they had these cartoon comic book villain or hero, and they would go back and forth type of characters, and that's what Medvedev is off the court. And then on the court, he's just a lot of fun to watch. Like, I've made this comparison before, but his generation, and he's the best player, I I think, of it, is kind of like the NBA with Giannis and all of these tall basketball players Mm -hmm. essentially being able to do things you never used to be able to do from that height Mm -hmm. on the basketball court. That's what Daniel Medvedev is on the tennis court. He is like this long-rangey guy who plays 20 feet behind the court, and it's a lot of fun to watch. He's a lot of fun in interviews. He's extremely smart. And unlike the other guys, he doesn't seem to be afraid of Nadal Federer and Djokovic. He is now 4-5 and uh, against Djokovic. He almost beat Nadal a couple years ago at the U.S. Open in the final in a great five-set match. Like, He's a champion, and he, he's going to win some more grand slams. There's no doubt about that. He is an outstanding player, and he is a lot of fun. He's good for the sport, and so we enjoyed that. I know there are a lot of people that casual fans were probably disappointed because they just wanted to see Novak Djokovic win the slam, but tennis fans were really into watching we called Medvedev. It. We did. Before the, before we did, the both of us. We both said, here's the result. Yep. Medvedev's going to beat Djokovic in the final because Djokovic is going to be so worn out with 100. a tough draw. And it happened. We nailed it. And and we also, of course, nailed Emma Raducanu. We uh, 100% saw that coming. We knew that uh, the 18-year-old that had to go through qualifying was going to become the first ever qualifier to win the U.S. Open. Really an amazing pick from us when uh, when we said that, too. Well, you picked her once she got to the quarterfinals. Got it, even yeah. then, you know, could make you you know, a, a rich man. Yeah, um, I, sh- I should have put a little that. more on that, by the way. She, <laughs> she's going to be a global superstar, much like a Naomi Osaka. Uh, even if she can't back it up, but I, I think she will be able to back it up. I just saw her doing some some social media thing in Mandarin. I mean, she speaks fluent Mandarin on top of about to be like the biggest UK star that that they've ever had, like including Andy Murray. I think she might she might pass Andy Murray. So she's about to be become very rich, very famous, and she's got the game. It's a lot of fun. Uh, imagine having all of those skills. I'd settle for having one myself. She has. I can't, languages really amaze me. I can't speak another language. I've tried. It just seems beyond me. I'm, I'm an idiot American. It's like playing a musical instrument to me. Like I, I, can, I can do it a little bit, but not good enough to really do it. That's the reality for me when it comes to languages. It's incredible. Thankfully, I've got my great tennis play to fall back on, so I, I should still be okay in that department. You see that more people watch the women's final? I know it's going to against football but it always isn't it isn't always necessarily like that i think people were really into the story of raducanu and fernandez the other finals and yeah. the, and the level of play i'm telling you like women's tennis right now is jamming oh it's it crazy just, it's crazy it's just yep. the, the quality of the play for some reason it gets me going it's a little quicker you know you don't have to spend four or five hours watching it uh, I think it's like peaking right now. All right. You also know Greg Rosenthal from some show called Around the NFL that people seem to like. And uh, and then you're also what, – what's the show you're on on Saturdays on NFL Network? What's, what's... A couple. We got, I'm on Game Day View. We're making picks with Cynthia Freeland and Andrew Hawkins on Fridays. And then we do an Around the NFL broadcast that, that's, that's on Saturday okay. morning. All right. Yeah. all right. So you can find them all in those places. Uh, Greg, we are not handling things well here in Baltimore. The Ravens lost to the Raiders, and like, yeah, you know, you could say that, you know, they nearly won the game despite everything, but it was a disaster. I mean, they couldn't block anyone, and now on top of that, it looks like they're not going to have Ronnie Stanley for a little while, and oh, they got to play the Chiefs on Sunday night. I'm not trying to be hyperbolic. I I don't think I, they still have Lamar Jackson, and so they'll sh- they should still be able to win some football games moving forward, but. It's feeling really difficult to imagine a scenario where the Ravens are a threat to the Chiefs in the AFC right now. 
if they are, it's because they're a different team in December, which they've been known to do than, than they are now, and that they tread water enough to just stay in the mix because they're not going to be competitive right now. I'm sick of them scheduling these Chiefs-Ravens games so early in the season, three straight years. Like, come on, let's, yeah. uh, let's yeah, do it at the end. Because this is the year you want to catch the Ravens early. You broke the Ronnie Stanley news to me. I did not know that. But it makes total sense because Ronnie Stanley – being a huge problem in that game was, to me, the most concerning element of the entire game. Because if he's not Ronnie Stanley, you got Villanueva on the other side who's at best going to be fine. Then suddenly, like, you're kind of on a house of cards here where you're not able to do the same sort of offense with all the read action and everything because you don't have the cohesiveness. It's just a lot of things kind of going against you all at once. But other than that, life is good. Other than that, everything's okay. Won the game for, you know, I know, but I, I know that's true. But I, I am not. I was never sold that Villanueva could be the answer for. Like, I, I was befuddled by it. Now he's going to have to play left tackle, which like somebody might say, hey, at least he's got. You know, that's that's what he knows. Like at least it's the position that he's familiar with. But I, I mean, I, I watched the guy a year ago, and I was like, this is this is not this this what we what are you doing here? I don't get it at all. Um, and for as good as Lamar Jackson is, and frankly, as good as the wide receivers looked on Monday night, they did. I, I just think it, with with no running back, I, I, I don't know, Latavius Murray will probably settle in a little bit more into that role moving forward. But, geez, man, it's just really hard for me to envision them. The, the, it, to me, this Ravens team, it required them being the team that they've been, which is to control things, to bleed clock, to limit your opportunities. And it's just really hard to envision how they're going to do that given the circumstances they're dealing with right now. Well, and to be a difference-making defense, too, you know, and you don't have Peters. You got a great night out of Justin Houston and Campbell and all these older guys, but that's it's a lot to ask 17 weeks of that. The, the two key sequences I thought in the game that were the most telling were the end of the first half and then, of course, the end of the second half. In situations where the Ravens usually – they just they just run the ball, whether it's power, whether it's read option, whatever it is, they are able to pick up those short yard situations, leave yeah. the clock, kick the field goal going into halftime and not allow the Raiders to come back and get three points. And then at the end of the game, pick up that second and eight or the third and four and just run the ball. And they they just didn't like Lamar Jackson's yardage were mostly from scrambles. They were not from um, you know, called runs or, or read options yep. plays, and that's where you miss the cohesiveness. Not just with the new running backs, but I think Tyson Williams is going to be fine. But but the offensive line, which has barely practiced together, has been banged up, and and now that's part. I, I hear you say that about Tyson Williams, but the fact that they wouldn't give him the ball in the second half after there was the mesh point issue and then the fumble out of bounds, right. and and to me more the the last play offensively where he whiffs on the block, I. That seemed to be the bit, the more alarming thing for me is that I think he that... He practiced that, though. They're so good at practicing that. I mean, he just became the starter. Just, I, just I, I hear you, but this, this team... like they, A few years ago, they had a back named Kenneth Dixon out of Louisiana Tech, and you know, talent-wise, you saw it. You're like, man, this guy can do everything. He can catch the ball. He can run. But, you know, they wouldn't put him on the field. And around town, people were like, what are you doing? This guy's got all the talent in the world. Why wouldn't you put him on the field? And it took me all of one phone call to get the answer, which is he's going to get somebody killed. Um, like, he can't block at this level. And obviously, Kenneth Dixon never became a running back at this level because he couldn't block. And I haven't gotten the can't block answer yet, but the the way that we saw it go in the second half. Particularly with this offensive line. Yeah, makes makes mm. you think that's really the answer and makes me think that 
I would be reluctant to think that Tyson Williams is going to be a prominent back in this offense until well, something changes that would say that's the case. Well, Latavius Murray couldn't make the Saints. Now, I, I don't know if Sean Payton was doing some weird media voodoo, which, believe me, he likes to do, and they needed to get his money, and they almost set up Murray to fail because right. they were burying him throughout training camp. They were not letting him touch the ball in practice. This was kind of an ongoing storyline that I was watching. Uh, and then they ended up cutting him before the season, you know, kind of giving him a raw deal because it was like three days before the season. He was set to make $4 million. And I, I don't know if he really was, you know, running in quicksand in training camp or it was just kind of a veteran getting his legs up. Like if he's 2020 Latavius Murray, he'll be fine. He'll be good in the Raiders right. offense. But if for some reason he did, you know, and this does happen to running backs, get older quickly, um, then you've got a, a bigger problem. You've got another problem. Yeah, but they also have Le'Veon Bell, so... You know, <laughs> right? So you just get like twenty twenty or maybe sure. twenty eighteen Murray. You get twenty sixteen Bell. Right. You're flying. You get Justin Houston from like twenty fifteen. Oh. oh yeah, you're starting. Oh, he to, was good. Starting he was to good pick. on Monday night. He was good. He was. He was. I mean, for everything that you could ask for at this point, like he didn't when they needed. You know, at the end of the game when they needed somebody to you know, win one on one battles and get a quarterback on the ground. I, you know, I don't know that you can count on that moving forward from Justin Houston. They, somebody has to prove that they can do that for the Baltimore Ravens. Somebody has. to I think to they prove. might miss Matthew Judon more than they expected, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, even even Judon wasn't like dominant, but he was he was good. You know what I mean? Like he can make plays, and he was obviously really good against the run. Um, I don't. They got to figure out some. Somebody has to just be able to win a one battle and get a quarterback on the ground. And if they don't do that, I. You know, I think they're going to be suspect without having Marcus Peters in the back. It's really going to hurt them to have to rely so, on. Did I change my pick, Glenn? Because oh, I know I I was I, all I was all over. By the way, I was all over that this this line stinks. I have to take the Ravens because they know Vegas knows something. There's no way that it should be three and a half points. And as soon as the Ronnie Stanley news came in, I said, "Nope, I'm rolling with the Chiefs. I'm rolling." That's what I. That's exactly my thought process, especially when I, I just saw some note. You know, because you. You read these notes of like where the public is picking and yep. stuff, and there was something like it was on pace to break a record of the most percentage of public money. <laughs> it's like it was like ninety-seven percent is on the Chiefs, and I was like, "Well, I don't know if the Ravens are going to win, but in my picks, I'm just going to yep. pick them to cover the old Chiefs smart money thing." Kind of, yep, yeah, one hundred percent. But I don't know now the Roddy Stanley thing that like pushes it over the top. I mean, by the way, the num the number hasn't moved yet. It's still sitting at three and a half. If it changes. You know, I, let's see how high it goes, and then I can. Although revisit you're not going to play point. worse than Ronnie. You know, Ronnie Stanley was was a bigger problem than Villanueva last. Week. I like, don't know if I agree. I it was a bigger could, problem. They were. He was. I guess you could look at it. He was giving up. He a was. Lot of um, he was definitely a problem. There's no question that he was a problem. Villanueva was. He had no business being on the. They were, they were both turnstiles. Like I mean, I get it. They were both really bad. You're not wrong. They it were was both more really shocking. Bad. Like Ronnie Stanley, I, I saw that. I think gave up 16 pressures in all of his last complete season, and he gave up. 11 in that game? Come on, Greg. You're, you're <laughs> stepping on my bit later in the show here. <laughs> Kyle was crazy. saving that stat. Kyle had oh, that wow. stat. He was saving I don't it. even know if I got it right. So oh, God. That is depressing. All right. Anything that's uh, – uh, give me a, a non-Raven story that's most interesting for you going into week two. Well, it's your uh, – it's Ravens North. It's the Eagles. I'm really fascinated by this Eagles team running kind of a college-y offense. They showed a lot of new stuff in week one on offense and defense, but, but especially offense, very creative, um, very similar, I think, in some ways to the Ravens where you're going to have an extra rusher that's the quarterback every down and some pretty good running backs next to him and Sanders and Gainwell and a really good offensive line. 
and I think especially early in the season, they could be one of those teams that like adds a few new wrinkles every week okay. that other teams aren't quite prepared for. And I think they have a real chance to, to beat this 49ers team. They're very good up front on both sides of the ball. That's like, that's a good recipe to have kind of a sneaky, fun 10, 10 11 win type of season. Hard so not I'm, to, I'm really curious about that game. Hard not to like what you saw from Devontae Smith, too, uh, in week right? one. That he looks guy, like the guy. Yep, he looks like a player, man. I'm on board with that. All right, Greg Rosenthal. Of course, at Greg Rosenthal on Twitter, around the NFL, and game day view, correct? That was the other? That's right. I Friday should, afternoons I, or evenings. What a terrible, by the way, what a terrible friend I am. Like, what a god awful. Uh, I thought you were going to say, what a terrible title for oh, a show. No, no, Believe it's a, it's me, a, we've been, try, I've been trying it. to change it. I'm but not what gonna, does that even mean? You're, you're on the NFL network. I'm not going to question what they're doing over there. They're doing just fine in that department. I'm saying I'm a bad friend for not knowing the name of your very popular shows. I mean, I know the other one, of course, Courts of Thunder. That's the other no, one. No, they're not that popular. Yeah. Oh, that one's very popular. I've seen the numbers. Courts of Thunder <laughs> is incredibly popular. Uh, uh, love you, buddy. Uh, have uh, have gr genuinely enjoyed doing this. Looking forward to doing it again at some point. Thank you for taking the time for us this morning. Thanks, Glenn. You know, I mean, and, and don't forget me. You know, I'm not all just. Like, I I just, I, I talk football. Frank, I would love to have you on as often yeah, as sure. you would like to have on. Sure. You've got kids. Okay. You've got a life. Yeah. You've got things going. On. I want to make this very. You know, I used to have you on every week. Like everybody remembers that we were we were weekly visitors together. It's how we began becoming friends. And I'm telling you, if you had the time, I would do it every week. I just I don't want to take advantage of you, and you feel obligated to do it because we're buddies. Uh, whatever, whenever you be willing to come on, I would love to have you on this show, my All friend. All right, I'll I'll have my agent call right, your please people. Do. And, no, I'm please do. No, please do that. Uh, you know, it really sensed it when we saw each other at the Super Bowl. You know, like the the real in person Blunt Clark experience. I know it's been it's hope, been too long. I hope someday. You I know, will. I will make that. I, it's it, it, it's tough for my play by play schedule to do the Super Bowl anymore. But <laughs> I will. I will make a trip out. I'm trying to do a Vegas thing right now. Like I got some friends and family mm -hmm. out that way. So I'm going to try to do like a whole West Coast bit at some point in the coming years. So I will. I will. I will talk. We'll talk, man. We will be in touch. All I right, love, man. Love you, Greg Rosenthal. Appreciate him. Uh, please listen to uh, Court's Thunder if you haven't yet. And appreciate I've got such overwhelming feedback. Why doesn't anybody like this show? I don't understand that. Is it you? Maybe. Okay, be Greg Rosenthal. Why, why is it that nobody ever says, hey, man, I thought Glenn Clark Radio was great today? But I have Glenn Clark Radio listeners that chime in that are like, dude, I love Court's Thunder. And I'm like, how do you feel about our show? <laughs> and I hey, look, I've, I appreciate the feedback about Court's Thunder because it's a labor of love. We actually do get compensated for doing this show. So I'm not, we're not getting rich, but we do get uh, get compensated for it, whereas uh, we were not, Greg and I, getting compensated as of right now for Courts of Thunder. That was just a labor of love for us that we are willing to continue because we're nerdy tennis fans. Um, but I did like the feedback. We were regularly getting messages from people, like all over the world, man, really love the show. I'm like, we're not, we, we don't, we prepare maybe even less for that show than we prepare for this show. <laughs> Just two guys talking tennis. That's all it is. This is basically two guys talking Ravens, Orioles. Just maligning you know. the state of the Ravens. Correct. It's basically the same concept. That's <sighs> what it is, man. What it is. Say la vie. I'm not sure if that fits in here. It's just something that I thought I would say. Okay. Other things. Other other random. Enchante. Thank you. That was a good one. I like that one. Slancha. <laughs> just keep doing this. All right, uh, today's show. Um, I, I, it's we, it's really uncomfortable for me, man. <laughs> really. Oh, you know what? We don't. We can't do it right now because it's in this break. So I got to push it again. God, I got to keep pushing this. And instead, I'll remind everybody about a phenomenal offer from Window Nation. 
back-to-school special, two free windows for every two you buy. Buy four, get four free. Water vinyl styles. It just keeps going on forever. There's no limit. Buy 100, get 100 free. Get an A-plus in savings and pay 0% interest for 24 months. 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. We come back in. We'll get a tidbit, tubular, and Eric Green. Eric Green, the former Ravens tight end. You say, man, I haven't thought about that name in forever. Well, his son is a name you're probably going to be thinking about if you're an Orioles fan. Tell you more about it in a minute. Glenn Clark Radio. Every seat is the best seat at M&T Bank Stadium. Don't miss a moment of Ravens football this season. Single game tickets are now available at BaltimoreRavens.com slash tickets. Glory Days Grill's popular Oktoberfest menu is back, and it features their delicious chicken schnitzel, two chicken cutlets, hand-breaded in herb panko, and pan-fried until golden brown, served with mustard cream sauce, mashed potatoes, and roasted vegetables. Their menu also includes your favorites, like the Oktoberfest Brewer's Platter, Brewer's Sausage Sandwich, Prussian Pretzel Rolls, Slam Dunk Pretzels, and Apple Cobbler. All of these meals pair well with their many Oktoberfest beers and Angry Orchard on Drag. Dine on their patios or in their dining room, or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and pick up your favorites to take home. Glory Days Grill has been proud to serve the community for the last 25 years. Thank you, fans. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hey, it's KZ. The Press Box Fantasy Football Show is back, as always, on Thursdays. You can catch it at 1130. We're brought to you this year, CCBC and Glory Days Grill. You can catch the show two ways, Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. The slash radio is if you want to listen. On Facebook is if you actually want to see my ugly face. We're going to have a lot of fun this year, DFS, daily lineups, keepers, all kinds of fun stuff. Please tune in, Press Box Fantasy Football Show every Thursday, 11.30 a.m. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. All right, back in here on GCR. Let's go ahead and get to a tidbit and tubular as we wind down, and then we'll hear from Eric Green. Tidbit brought to you today by our friends at Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. 
Tidbit of the day. So, as Greg Rosenthal unceremoniously mentioned mm. on his well, segment. I disagree that it was unceremonious. Here, what if I were to tell you the third most pressures allowed by an offensive lineman in this last week of games had four players tied at six? Hmm. Well, hmm. the most pressures allowed by an offensive lineman in a week one game was Alejandro Villanueva with 10. Ooh. And the second most was Ronnie Stanley hey. with nine. Hey. Yes. Uh, not great in regards to that. As a result, Max Crosby and Yannick Ngakwe are the two single highest pass rush win rates among edge defenders in week one. So maybe they're world beaters, but. As we saw, Ronnie Stanley not right and will not be playing in week two, maybe more. He was 44th in pass block win rate and last in run block win rate among tackles last week. <laughs> yeah. Well, so it's a good thing he's gone is what you're saying. Mm -hmm. yeah. So we'll see what that means for the Ravens, who will be going against Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs for what it's worth. Pat Mahomes in the month of September. Oh, Yet to throw an interception in his career. Oh. So, yeah. Sounds like he's due. That's <laughs> what it sounds like to me. Now, Lamar Jackson is currently riding a 17-game streak okay. of having thrown fewer than 250 yards. Jalen Hurts is not. I know. That's the fourth longest streak by a quarterback since the year 2000. In the year 2000. Which three quarterbacks had longer streaks of not throwing for 250 since, yards or more? Since 2000. Since 2000. <sighs> you got to figure out if the guys who ran or if they... So I'll, I'll say Michael Vick. No. Um, you got to think of their guys that were bad. Say guys one of them qualifies for bad, one of them qualifies for runner, and the other one is the one that's maybe a little surprising. Okay. Maybe because he had a running back that, that did a lot in the offense. It was the offense he was in. It was the age that he was. Offense that he was in. Brett Favre. No, no, never. There was him. never a day where Brett Favre was. He wouldn't allow such a thing. <laughs> Peyton Manning? No. I'm trying to think of guys that declined at the end of their career. All right. Uh, I'm assuming that was when this was for this player. Good. I don't think that's an unreasonable assumption at all. <sighs> I'm not really sure where to begin here. Um, so I'm just going to start naming some quarterbacks, and you stop me when I get to something, all right? Sure thing, Chief. We'll just start doing that. Uh, uh, Jonathan Manziel. No. Did he start that many consecutive games is the other no, question. No. Cam Newton. No. And I don't know if he was a runner. That was the no. reason why I guessed him, because he, he was doing some running. Uh, Drew Brees at the end of his career. No. Hauser's Bouts. Hauser's Bouts. Eli Manning at the end of his career. No. Hauser's bouts Tony Romo, but then he never really got no. to the end of his career. He just quit. Uh, Matt Leinert stunk. How about Matt Leinert? Not Matt Leinert. How about not Matt Leinert? The way you said that was interesting. Carson Palmer. I, I guess there's a moderate connection between Leinert and one of these players. Carson Palmer. No. A moderate connection between Matt Leinert and one of these players. Was it a Heisman Trophy winner? You don't know. I don't think so, but some people thought he should have been. You don't think so, but some people thought he should have been. Colt McCoy. No, but no. Oh, what the hell? 
God damn it, I'm all over the place. Sam Bradford. No. <sighs> Might never get there. Donovan McNabb. No. <sighs> okay. Okay. How about Mark Bolger? No. How about Colin Kaepernick? No. How about Alex Smith? No. How about... I have no earthly idea. Russ? No. Hasselbeck? No. You're going to have to guide me. I don't want to do this all day. Two of the answers are cheeky. I don't know what that means. Two of them are former covers of Madden. Two of them are former covers of Madden. Who was on the cover of Madden? I stopped playing Madden a long time ago. Uh, who was on the cover of Madden? Was... What... Who was on the cover of Madden? Damn it. Was... Good hit, wasn't it? No, because I don't remember who was on the Madden cover because I haven't played the damn game. Uh, the Madden covers. Who was? Pretty on sure the you Madden did when at least one of these guys was. Really? Yeah. I said Vic. Not him. Yeah, I remember him being on the cover of Madden. I said Br- Breeze was on the cover of Madden. I said I Far. Breeze was on Madden cover. I don't think he was. Yeah, I think he was. I don't think he I'm was. I'm pretty sure he was. I said, who else was on a Madden cover? Who else was on a Madden cover? It's not Peyton Hill, so I'll give you that. Thank you. I assume. Dante Culpepper? Was he on a Madden cover? He was, but it's not him. Oh, and I got nothing. I have no idea. All right. Well, you, you have to give me something else. I, I don't remember who else was on. Oh, Vince Young. Was Vince Young on a Madden cover? He was. He, was, he the was the running quarterback. Okay, fine. All right. So there's that. Vince Young was on a Madden cover. For what it's worth, one of them, not a great passer either. Oh, not a great passer. Not really a runner. Tim though. Tebow. No. He had a better arm than Tebow. I'll tell you that. Not a great passer. Not a great passer, you say. And that's putting it kindly. And that's putting it kindly. This player had the how most did he become consecutive. An, how did he become an NFL quarterback if he wasn't a great passer? A lot of people ask that question. Mark Sanchez. No. Although he was a first-round pick. Was a first-round pick. Both of pick. these players were first-round picks, for what it's worth. Both of these players were first-round picks. They weren't great passers. No, no, no. no. One of them was, One a, of them was yes. a great passer. One of them was not. Correct. Really narrowed it down for you. Yeah, yeah you know, I'm I, I, Tim Couch. If I told you they did it on the same team, God. All right, we're gonna go team by team. Was it a? I'm not gonna tell you who the team was. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. I don't. It's twelve on one. We still have an entire interview to play. It's too good. No, it's we, too no. good, Glenn. Houston. Was it no, Houston? No, it was. It's too good, Glenn. It's too no, good. No, no, we can't. We don't have time it's for too, this. It's too cheeky and fun. Carolina was it? It's Carolina. Too cheeky and fun. Washington. They they've had a lot of quarterbacks. <laughs> they had a lot of quarterbacks. Jason Campbell. No. They had a ton of quarterbacks. Bob. Was it Bob Griff? Nope. Although he did play for this team. Okay. It's so Cleveland. No. What? Baltimore. Joe Flacco. No. Cow Bowler. The most. Okay. Twenty one. All right. Kyle Bowler and who else played for the Ravens? Post-2000, it's a big group. Trent. No. 
Uh, uh, Cunningham. No, this guy Grace Madden. Remember? I don't remember a Ravens. No, like Cunningham did, but yes, no, not Cunningham. Did he? Cunningham was on a Madden cover. No, I lied. I was gonna say I don't remember that. It's Culpepper. I was thinking Culpepper. Uh, I don't think Jeff Blake was on a Madden cover. He certainly was not. Pretty sure Vinny wasn't on a Madden cover. Also not. Uh, and it's, Lamar was on a Madden cover, but we it's already him. we already covered Lamar. Who else was on a Madden cover? They played for the Ravens. Mm-hmm. Am I am I going crazy? Maybe. Like, should this be obvious to me? And I'm just yes. my brain's not working. Yes. What what the hell's going on here? What the hell's going on in the old noggin right now? Played for the Ravens. Was on the cover of Madden. Oh my god. I got I got I got nothing, man. I am Why am I why am I struggling so bad with this? Oh, Steve McNair? It is indeed. I don't remember McNair being on a Madden cover. Steve I guess McNair. that's part of the problem. It was one of those ones. I'm pretty okay. sure he was. All right. I believe you. I just don't remember being on the a Madden cover. All right. All right. Very good. That was a struggle. I was on the struggle bus. Um, Let me at least see if I'm wrong about the Madden thing, and maybe I'll redeem you somehow. Every seat is the best seat at M&T Bank Stadium. Don't miss a moment of Ravens football this season. Single-game tickets are now available at BaltimoreRavens.com slash tickets uh, eddie george was so yeah all I right yeah i totally would have gotten it had it not been for that terrible i really was like trying to think through madden covers i'm like i don't think i remember all right um tubular brought to you by underdog fantasy football so here's the deal you missed out on the 25 bucks no biggie you can still get free money just not quite as much sign up right now go to pressboxonline.com fantasy click on the underdog fantasy football link and it'll take you through to where you can get 10 bucks free when you deposit 10 bucks so you're doubling your money this is the way that works. I know math. You can do that today. You can get in there in time for the Thursday night game tonight for playing all the games this weekend, having fun, making some money with underdog fantasy football. Again, go to pressboxonline.com fantasy and click on the underdog logo, and that will get you there. Underdog fantasy football. Big fan of their work. Here's what's coming up. Totally tubular uh, indeed. NFL Week 2 gets underway this evening. The Washington Football Fellers with Taylor Heineke under center take on the New York Football Giants, 820 on NFL Network. College Football Ohio and Louisiana at 8 o'clock on ESPN. Mass and Yankees, Orioles 7. Jordan Montgomery and Chris Ellis, the pitching matchup. Maybe they'll kick out the grounds crew again. MLB Network, Rockies Braves right now, Padres Giants 3.30, Cubs Phillies 6.30, Astros Rangers late tonight. A friendly for the U.S. women tonight at 7.30 against Paraguay on ESPN2. CONCACAF Champions League, Monterey and Cruz Azul throw out all the records 10 o'clock tonight on FS2. Golf Channel for round one of the PGA's Fortinet Championship, and apparently it is Fortinet and not Fortnite. I don't know. That's uh, tonight at 6 o'clock. FS1, the Truck Series is at Bristol at 9 o'clock. WWE NXT UK on the WWE Network today at 3 o'clock. Access TV for Impact Wrestling at 8. Some non-sports highlights? Uh, what we do in the shadows tonight, 10 o'clock on FX. Trevor Noah has LeVar Burton. Diaz and Miro, 11 o'clock on Showtime. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, 8 o'clock on NBC. The cast of Brooklyn Nine-Nine will be on Seth Meyers tonight. I'm not sure if that means it's the finale or something, but who knows. Hmm, would make sense. Mm-hmm. They've been doing two episodes at a time, so that probably is right. 
Uh, speaking of 50 Cent, 50 Cent is on Kimmel. Oh, that's right. The Yankees game, the Orioles game is actually at 5 because they're doing the concert afterwards. Thank you, Brian Powell. You're right about that. Uh, and then stuff and things. GlennClarkRadio.com. Check it all out. All right. Uh, very good. I can't make I'm actually bummed. I wanted to go to the Avett Brothers show tonight. By the way, happy birthday, Jeremy Kahn. Uh, mm-hmm. Happy birthday to our pal who is, uh, I don't know what he is, 70, 73, something like that. Happy birthday make to me him. 40 His liver four? is definitely probably about 73 years old. There's no debate about that. But happy birthday to him. Hey, uh, if you missed it, we announced it earlier on today. We are going to reschedule the Tyus Bowser Show for Mother's Peninsula Grill down in Arnold. Next Tuesday night, the 21st, we'll be there. 7 o'clock with Tyus Bowser and a special guest. Find out more by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. But there's no catch. You can come out, meet Tyus, pictures, autographs, the whole deal. Next Tuesday night, Mother's Peninsula Grill in Arnold. You're going to want to be there. It's all brought to you by Express Exterior Design, as well as Great 8's memorabilia and press box. Look forward to seeing you then. Thanks today to Eric Green, who you're about to hear from, Greg Rosenthal, as well as to Dana Hughes, Chiefs Color Analyst, and uh, Terry Hasseltine. We'll get all that up in the Greatest Hits section of the Archives. tab at glennclarkradio.com. Uh, Jack Collinsworth. Yeah, from NBC is going to join us ahead of uh, Sunday Night Football, obviously. Yeah, irons and Fires stuff and things. Oh, I thought there was something. Nope, unable to oh, nail that down. Okay. So you know. That's what it is. Yeah. Uh, I am working on something of particular significance that might happen tomorrow. Um, Bo Smolka will join us ah, yeah. as he does every Friday and I will be eating my sandwiches ah, yes. tomorrow. I will be paying off yes, yes. my penance. So Tim of course will be in preparing. Tim from Bel Air yeah, will be there to do that. Alright thanks to everybody at Pressbox all of our great sponsors and partners including CCBC Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms Chesapeake Employers Insurance, Exxon Mobil KNS Automotive, the Maryland Lottery, C3 American Exteriors, Grade 8's Memorabilia Sports and Social MD, the Baltimore Ravens MDOT, the Maryland Five Star Underdog Fantasy Football, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Kyle Ottenheimer, Sad Lonely Man. Follow him on Twitter, at Ottenheimer. Follow us, at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Thursday night. Go birds, but not really. Um, Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks, too. Now, we wrap up the show. Eric Green, former Ravens tight end. His son is Elijah Green, the presumed number one pick in next year's MLB draft. Sounds interesting? How about you listen more? Say goodbye for the evening. Well, it's a pleasure to uh, reconnect with our next guest. It's been a really, really long time. You probably remember that in the infancy of the Baltimore Ravens franchise, he was part of the team. He was a tight end here for a little bit. And now his name, probably irrelevant once again for Orioles fans because it's totally plausible that his son could be joining the organization. We'll talk more about that. It's a pleasure to welcome back into the show former Ravens tight end, Mr. Eric Green, who joins us now here on GCR. Eric, it's Glenn back in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Thanks for having me. Tell me about the memories that you have. You you came on board in that first season in Baltimore. Um, things were crazy. They were playing at Memorial Stadium. What are the fondest memories that you have of those couple of years that you spent here? Well, our offense was like off the chart. That's, That's true. <laughs> <laughs> we could score points. And, um, you know, my thing is I played with my favorite quarterback of all time, and that's Vinny Testaverde. Really? Uh, yes, yes. Um, Vinny, Vinny and I had a real good connection there in Baltimore. I was one of the most unhappiest guys when he left to go to the Jets. Hmm. 
Hmm, I don't blame you. He actually was still quite good when he arrived in New York. He was still uh, really quite good at that point. Um, you know, Derek Alexander is actually back here in Baltimore working at Morgan State now. And it's, it's funny for me because there's like a younger generation of Ravens fans that have no idea that when Lamar Jackson came along, they were like, wow, you can play offense in Baltimore too? And I'm like, well, actually, there was a time where there was a lot of offense in Baltimore. And yeah. believe it or not, the problem was actually on the other side of the ball. Yeah, yeah. How, how things change, right? Yeah, right? It is, it's weird how that worked out. Um, crazy years. Have you stayed connected with, with anybody from your time in Baltimore, Eric? Well, I stayed connected to my, my former teammates. Yes, I talked to um, Wally Williams sure. and Donnie Brady. Man, probably a couple times a week. Wow, wow! I didn't. Okay, so yeah. Wally, of course, down there in Florida. We actually just had him on the show yesterday because we're trying to get the Ravens' offensive line solved. I don't know if you saw it was a, it was an abomination on Monday night, and so we're trying to get oh, that yeah. figured out with him. Uh, but Wally, I mean, he's been he's been involved in coaching for a long time now. He has been. He has been. I, actually, um, I have been myself. I used to coach at University of Central Florida. Okay, and. Um, you know, once my son started taking off, I started following him. Well, okay. Following the football. Well, let, let, let's let's get there because um, we're thinking a lot about your son these days in Baltimore, Eric Green. Uh, we're thinking a lot about him. So for those that don't know, Elijah Green is Eric's son and is the presumed top prospect in the 2022 MLB draft. And, of course, the Orioles are the presumed team that's going to have the top pick in the 2022 MLB draft. So, so Eric, tell me about like the baseball path for your son. Like, how did this come about? You know, obviously, football's been such a, a huge part of your life. How did it happen that baseball was the path for Elijah? I think it came. I think it really came from a loss, <laughs> from a loss that we took in football because Elijah was my quarterback on my football team that okay. I ran for six years. Okay, we won four national championships, and we played a national championship game against a team from Vegas, and they destroyed us. I think I think that took him out of football right there. Really, really, <laughs> like he just he just sort of said, "Man, I don't want to go through this anymore." Man, he told he told my wife he told my wife I don't want to play football no more, and she told him to go think about it for a couple of weeks, and then she told me about it. Then I addressed it with him, and um, you know he was. He was a staunch believer that, you know, he loved baseball more and football, you know, football is really my thing. So, you know, I took a step back and let him have his dream. And God forbid it turned, it's turning out right. Yeah, it's turning out okay. There's no doubt about that. You know, the only thing yeah. that jumps out of me about that, well, there's two things, Eric. One being you actually lose a lot more in baseball than you do in football just because you play a lot more games. Oh, I know. Baseball. I know. How does it, he... it, won't, it won't be 40 to 14. Right, that's that true. That's that a is. good point. That's a, I don't know. In Baltimore, there's been a couple that were close in recent years. Oh there, was, there was a 30 to 3 once upon a time here in Baltimore that was no fun. Um, but I, I understand exactly what you're saying. And the other thing that jumps out at me is, so, so when you say it, it, football was your thing, did, did you ever play baseball at all when you were growing up? Okay. Where, and, I did. And I actually went out for my college team. So they, at Liberty? At Liberty, yes. Wow. So you were a pretty good baseball player. I wouldn't say I was pretty good. I was a pretty good hitter. <laughs> okay. I used to, I used to hit, hit the crap out of the ball, but you know, throwing from third to first sometimes was a problem for me. 
Okay. Okay. I mean, I that, that would probably make it difficult for that to work out. Like that would yeah. probably make yeah. it so that uh, uh, football made more sense for you. So as and you, then I went. Then I went into my coach Sam Ritigliano's office and tell him about my big dream of playing baseball. And he flat out told me, Eric Green, baseball is not going to butter your bread, son. <laughs> Go play football. Go focus <laughs> on it. And again, that decision worked out okay for you. So exactly. <laughs> things went all right. Um, so, so, okay, in working with your son these last couple of years and spending more time with him, how has it been for you, you know, going back on, you know, your baseball knowledge that you do have from playing as a young person? And, and was there a moment for you where you looked at him or he did something and you were like, Man, this, I'm not saying this because he's my son. This kid is for real. Like, did you have a moment like that? Well, I'm gonna be totally honest with you. I have those. I have those moments at least once every time we go play in a tournament because he does something special at least once or twice in a tournament that that will just woo you, and he still does that to the day. Um, we played at Tropicana mm-hmm. um, last week. He hit a home run, 456 feet out of Tropicana. I was like, wow. And, and, and remind everybody how old he is. 17. He's 17, and he hit a ball 456 feet. That seems okay. That seems like <laughs> it would be all right. Yeah. Um, it, has it been, like, the role between father and coach or trainer, how, how has that been for you knowing how much your son has thought of, how much attention he gets, how has that worked, that relationship between the two of you and what you're trying to help him, given, obviously, the incredible success that you had as a professional athlete? Well, it all starts with us with the work ethic. You know, um, anybody that you meet that knows us, that's the first thing they would say, that the kid is a hard worker, a relentless worker. And that's what I was trying to instill in him. In the classroom, um, at washing cars in the neighborhood, anything you do, you do it to the best of your ability and you work hard at it. And the rewards will come for you very easily. And he took that to heart at a very young age. And, he, and he's, still, he's still that way. You know, he's the hardest working guy in his, in his group. And, you know, that's something that I don't have to be on task with him because he learned that probably at six or seven years old. The, the pressure that comes at a young age, we're talking with uh, Eric Green, of course, the former Baltimore Raven, and we, we like to forget the team that he started his career with. Um, we just sort of pr- pretend like those years never happened. But we're chatting with him here on GCR uh, about his son Elijah. The, the, the pressure that comes with at such a young age being identified as this overwhelming talent, and you know, there, there's still a whole other season to go before we get to the draft. How is he handled all of that and all of the interest that, you know, from back here in Baltimore where we're, you know, salivating over the idea. How has he handled that spotlight? And has it helped to have someone, you know, like yourself in order to to handle all of that that comes to him? Well, I had him at an early age again. Um, I got pictures after I retired of him on the sidelines of a Ravens, and Jaguar game Ooh. down in Jacksonville. Ooh. And Ray Lewis and Ed Reed came over and gave him a hug and a kiss. So I wanted him right there to see that action so that he'll know what to expect and, and pressure. This this is if you if you love to play the sport you say you love, pressure is nothing to that. 
did you no. did you feel that with in in your career? I mean, I not I'm not trying to say that you weren't thought of highly, but clearly you weren't thought of as like the number one overall pick in the draft. Did 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 you were you able to treat it the same way as an athlete, Eric? Sure. Um, I was the number one rated tight end coming out of college. Yep. I was the number one tight end in the '95 um, free agency. That's so fair. Yeah. I have been. I have been. Sure at the top of my position in my career. So I can tell him, you know, what it takes to get there. But what more what it means to stay there, because I played in the league for 10 years, and I take that as a, a great accomplishment. Oh, no question. No question. At a very high level, a two-time pro bowler. I mean, like, there's no debating the fact that you had a hell of a career. There's no question about that. Um, Eric, the, the knock that people have on your son is strikeouts, right? Like they say he strikes out a lot and part of that is baseball, right? Like, you know, a lot of guys, Joey Gallo strikes out a lot. He's, he's pretty freaking good, right? Like that's part of that is baseball, but, but I'm sure it's something that he spent time with. Have you guys had conversations about that knowing it's the thing that, that if there is something that people are poking a hole at, that's the thing that they're poking a hole at. Well, that's another thing. Um, you you work on your weakness weaknesses relentlessly, and you work on your strengths to keep those strengths your strengths. And what Elijah have done, he's addressed his weaknesses to the best of his ability, and I think he's made grave improvements from last year to this year in that area. Something that we're going to have the opportunity, obviously, to see more of. As we mentioned, there's there's still more baseball to be played before we get to this time. Um, I, I guess we have to say there's he still has a decision to make, right? Like he still has to decide fully that it, he's going to choose to be a pro. What are those conversations like? And you know, it, is there any doubt in your mind about what Elijah's future is going to look like? Well, I, I know it's going to be bright for him. Um, this weekend, tomorrow, we're leaving to go for an official visit to the University of Miami where he's committed. Yep. And, um, you know, whatever Elijah wants to do, if he wants to go to college, that's, that's, that's his prerogative. Sure. You know, um, what me and his mother has done is laid a foundation for him to possibly make a great decision for himself, rather than going pro or going to college. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to knowing the kind of money that's out there for ba- maybe there's a party that's good. When you've watched the way that money has gone in baseball in recent years and you compare it to the way like not not to say there isn't good money to be made in football. There's of course good money to be made football in football, but my god, the money that exists in baseball right now seems to be almost I, I don't even know what the word is that I'm looking for. In, insane, right? <laughs> like, it's absolutely nuts, the opportunity that can exist for high-level baseball players. Yes, it's definitely video money. Um, but that's one thing, as an athlete, you cannot focus on the money aspect of the game. If you love the sport, you're not playing that sport for the money. You know, money just comes along with it. I'm sure Michael Jordan didn't play basketball for the love of money. He played the basketball for the love of the game. And I think that's what Elijah's doing, too. He's playing football, baseball for the love of the game, purely. And other, those other things that come be, be, through, throughout his hard work 
and effort and success comes along with that. All right, let me let me let me approach it this way. What's something that people don't know? You know, obviously we haven't because he's young. We don't know your son quite well yet. What's something that maybe we don't know about him that we should know about him? Is obviously there's a lot, as you'll understand, there's a lot of interest from Orioles fans in Elijah right now as we're looking at how this thing might play out. Well, Elijah's a relentless worker. Number one, um, he'll be the first one in, into the building and the last one to leave. He's a he's a heck of a teammate. Um, all his teammates love him. Um, he's a character guy. You know, he's what he says he's going to do. You know, um, just a regular seventeen year old kid loves, loves to play video games. And he was a dang good quarterback hmm. on my football team. Hmm. Hmm. Is are, are you at all maybe a little bit bitter that he didn't stick it out with football? Is there any part of you that's like, man? I mean, he's big. Obviously, he could play the position, right? I'm highly bitter, but it's not my decision. <laughs> oh, I really appreciate your honesty, Eric. Yeah. <laughs> I really appreciate your honesty. You could, yeah. he, could would, would he have been like okay? So let's do that. Would he, if he had stayed with football, would he have been a you know a Division One quarterback? Would Would you guys be getting ready for him to be going the to play at, you know, you know, maybe he follows in your footsteps to Liberty, but maybe even something, you know, at the Florida State, Alabama, some, would he have been that type of quarterback? I think so, if they didn't move him to safety. Okay. Because he was a good tackler. I okay. Okay. All right. I mean, yeah. I can, I respect that. Um, mm-hmm. And then I guess what's the, what's the biggest re- if the Orioles end up with the number one pick, have you like? Do you allow your mind to think about that? Like how kind of cool and serendipitous this could end up working out? That you know, it's it's neat to me to hear you say that you guys went back and visited like a Ravens Jaguars game on the sideline and had that connection with some of your former teammates. How how, how kind of crazy would it be for this all to play out that he would end up coming back to a city that you're so familiar with? That'd be great, and it'd be um, at, it'd be fantastic because at 12 years old. I took Elijah to a Red Sox Oreo game, and I was so fortunate to be on the field at batting practice. And I got a picture of Elijah and Buck, Buck was Buck Showalter, the manager. Are you serious? When Elijah was twelve years old, it's so iconic, man. <laughs> yes, yep, dude, <laughs> dude. <laughs> Just like I say, I always try to put him where the action is so that he can see it. You know, oh. I was I was fortunate to do that for him. Wow, what? that's really I mean, like it's kind of yeah. blowing my mind, man. It kind of gave me a little bit of chill thinking about that. Yeah. Um, I I I love that so much. Uh, Eric, Eric Green, we are um we are we are clearly quite interested. We are clearly following and going to be paying a lot of attention over the course of the next year. Um, is there anything that you're doing? I, I I searched for you on social media. I didn't find you anywhere. You're not on Twitter, Instagram, anything like that, right? No, nah, I don't. I don't do that kind of stuff. Um, I leave that to the kids. I, you know what? I respect that. You couldn't help out if, like, you know, the things I mentioned that we were trying to get Wally to solve the offensive line. You couldn't help us solve the offensive line problem up here. Come in, chip block. You know, throw throw in a little bit of an extra assistance for us against the Chiefs on Sunday Man, night, could you? I got I got so much love for the Ravens because the Baltimore Ravens saved my career, but I cannot give them one down right now because my knees are so bad. <laughs> By the way, let me can I, can I go back there for a second just just before we wrap up? When you arrived here, could you have imagined at that point? That this organization that like people might have said was in disarray making a move from Cleveland to Baltimore was on the cusp of becoming 
one of the model organizations in all of American pro sports. Like, could you have possibly seen that coming when you first showed up in Baltimore? I did. I did. Um, I didn't want to leave Baltimore. Um, um, I had to be pushed out the door because I, I love every bit of my experience in Baltimore. Wow. I, I love Ozzie Newsome. I think I, I saw this vision coming. I, I knew what Ozzie Newsome was capable of, and he just did a tremendous job building that team over the years and over time. There's no doubt. I mean, you look, if he wasn't already in the Hall of Fame, he'd be in the Hall of Fame again, of course, for what he did as a general manager. Right. Um, because it's insane. And, and it's, been, it's, it's been wonderful for us. It's been an amazing ride for us to be on back here. Uh, Eric Green, it's so great to catch up with you, man. We're so excited for what's ahead for you and for your son. And, and that thought that it could work out and it could end up being here in Baltimore is just almost, it, it's almost unreal um, considering that possibility. Thank you for spending a couple of minutes with us. And we look forward to hopefully seeing you back here at some point down the road. Okay, thanks for having me and thanks for your interest in Elijah.